Good morning. It's Saturday, it's Cheap Show, and it's part two of our Saturday morning showdown. I'm Paul. And I'm Eli. <laughs> come on in and join us. Come on, everyone. Come hey. down here. No, come on. Come down here. No, don't put that in there. Take put that, that right. back. Put that down. You little shit. Take that out of your rectal passage. I hate you and your fucking noodle posse. So yeah, it is part two of our Saturday morning showdown. Oh, so this is the showdown bit. Will be at the end of the day where we'll decide which of the four empirically, empirically. and obje- objectively, which is the greatest children's Saturday morning TV show, British TV show of all time. Of all time. Of and all... last week we did Swap Shop, and we did Tis Was Tis Was, and it was interesting. What one of the funny benefits of recording this two parts separately is that we got to hear the audience reaction on that episode. And a lot of people said, yeah, it did feel like the BBC was kind of very, you know, safe, middle-class, cosy kind of anarchy, whereas Tiz Walls was more working class, more kind of earthy. Yes, but also it's about the sort of... um the fact, like I said at the time, that the BBC was sort of has to yeah, play is safe. regulated to yeah. a certain degree is more regulated. It has to be and more be responsible, I guess. Yes. Yeah, and Tiz was was independently produced. So yeah, it? Swap so. Shop was more of a show for you know kids who like collecting stamps and spotting trains, and Tiz was was more for kids who like farting into their hands, cupping it and throwing it in your face in school. Yeah, I did that. Did you do that to people? Oh, well, you I monster. Would, I would what? And I get the blame. Waft, I get the waft. blame. I wouldn't didn't, didn't do that. No, when you I fart, it do... just seems like you're about to have a stroke. It's every time you fart, looks like you're gonna die, and <laughs> it's just upsetting. That's not. Listen, you'd be sorry if I did fart and die, mate. You, but you, if you say that, don't no say human ba- bad stuff like that. Hold their breath and force a fart out. I don't do that. that. You do. No, I don't. I, I just see you go just because I and pull a proper Popeye face <laughs> and fucking squirt. Just because some... I've got a rigorous, healthy you don't have sphincter muscles. You don't have. I've got muscleage mate, down there. I know for I've a got fact. Fucking robust. I have empirical evidence that your anus isn't healthy. It is. It's not. All right, don't talk about the incident. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it, but that is my back pocket, pull out when I need yeah. to moments of, Eli, your ass is bad. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to say it. I don't, I don't want to talk about this, and I think we should start the episode again. No. We would, no, we were, all, we were doing well then. No. Then it's a personal attack on me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So, I've got to have a girlfriend at some point rest of my life. If you say I've got some kind of strainy ass, weird What if she <laughs> listens and likes that? She goes, oh, I've always wanted a guy with a baggy bin bag arsehole. <laughs> I've always wanted no, now to you've go gone with too a far. guy you've who's, gone... whose farts smell like Chernobyl. I want, I want a person who, when they let rip, we have to vacate the house because the stench oh, is so eye-stingingly awful. That's not that true. It brings up my dinner. My farts are on... on on a spectrum of vileness, 
My farts are about in the centre, just like any other normal they are person. Not. They, are, they, are. they are. If your farts were political, they'd be a far-right hate group. <laughs> Shut they up. They fucking would. How dare you call my farts bigoted now? <laughs> yeah, it's true, though. Fucking hell. Anyway, so this week on the show, <laughs> we're talking about the other half of this equation. We're going to be looking at number 73. Is it an equation? Yes, it is an equation. But how, where's the plus and the minuses? Swap shop. Plus. Plus tis was. No, isn't tis was. Times doesn't by tis... Saturday Superstore divided by number 73 equals, equals best Saturday morning okay. TV show. All right, all right. I've done the maths. Now, 70, are we going to start with number 73 this week? Part yeah. two with 73. Now, but, I don't know a great deal about 73, and but what, chronologically, are we keeping on the same chronology here? Well, effectively... Don't you have was, a piece of paper with the dates on it anymore? Effect, no, I threw that out. So You wh- don't remember, do you? I'm running by the uh, uh, the heat of my pants. Yeah. <laughs> the heat of your pants is... Yeah. <laughs> There's no such way as running by the heat of my pants. Well, you fart, you let out some latent heat, Mate, and then it you gives you energy. Usain it what gives you warm. You've got wet farts. Your farts aren't healthy. They're my very farts wet. are more burbly, yes. Yeah, they're very burbly. They're more kind of foot in a swamp <laughs> kind of sound, aren't they? Whereas yours more like tearing leather. Yeah. yeah. They've got rip. They've got robust musculature. That's the ad- mus- that's the, that is not loose ass. That's the musculature. Rigid. Yeah. In the same way like a the person reed, who like can't the plays a trumpet tries to lick the mouthpiece and yes. squirt it out. Like a mouthpiece on a trumpet. Exactly. Rigid. <laughs> Health. <laughs> Resonating with a healthy frequency. Whereas I'm more like your good old-fashioned yeah. tuba. You're like a fucking... Pom, 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 pom. That's me. And you're... <laughs> Pom, 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 pom. You're like a black bin bag filled with liquefied kittens. Oh, all black slopping bin. out. Oh, Eli's got no original thoughts because I said bin bag about two minutes ago. No, you and didn't. I did. A baggy arsehole bin bag. I you said, didn't say bin like, bag. I did say bin bag. And I, uh, the audio Oh, by crew, the way, oh, I've got an idea for a new character. No, we haven't. <laughs> this is not the episode for new just, characters. Let me just say, Crypto Bro Brandoff. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I think we have dabbled we with that yes, in the past. I think that's the way he's going to go. Isn't so, like, it? the like, son of Brandoff is yeah, like as a crypto, crypto bro Brandoff. Yeah. yeah. Um, Perhaps he could be the son of Biscuits and Brandoff. I mean, how could they conceive if they're both male, you ask? Well, but I'll tell you. Don't we have a scientist character? Yes, he would out? build a womb for Brandoff and Biscuits. Like a, a, a tube, an artificial tube. That's where crypto bro Brandoff arises from so what does like meaty margaret supply the egg they need why would meaty margaret well you need a feet well because i can't think of any of our, oh wait uh madam lady plops Mar- did she supply the egg listen i think you should go and ask our scientist character what's she called margot fanry or <laughs> margot fanry craddock marjorie craddock yeah should ask her she's got machines she's probably got embryo she might machines. have got a machine a baby making machine yeah she's got every machine conceivable on in the whole right, universe well, let's put a pin in that then as okay. we do this week's episode all right um, is Number seventy-three. No, I want to see if there's anything left over from last week. Because I have the loose scrag ends. Because I need to, you need to remind me at the end. Because I did a Twitter poll last week about these four shows, and the outcome is going to be interesting. I, I think. think I know. I think you might know if you've seen it, but we'll save it for I the listeners. I haven't seen it, but I think I know. Oh, okay. Well, I that... have a prediction. Put it that way. But we also got those four, three other swap shop books last week, and we did those for Patreon. On the Heath. On the Heath. It started to get to me. Yeah. Oh, you know what really, and someone said it on Twitter, what stuck out to me. Noel? Yeah. He was so happy in his 20s, late yeah. 20s and early 30s, wasn't he? He seemed He was over the moon. Think about it, though. He was extremely successful at a very young age, wasn't he? Yeah, because he had a lot of fingers rich. in pies. Because like, yeah. I think in the past we've even mentioned that 
he had involvement with like a record shop or two that he owned and another business or two. He's an entrepreneurial guy, wasn't he? You know, again, again, it's one of those things with all those kind of tropes that Partridge lambasted come directly from this generation of presenters. Definitely. The kind of nouveau riche almost presenters because they were all like local radio people, middle class bots who just got a lot of money. Okay, so here's my question then. Why did uh, Noel become so hugely successful so quickly? Was it because the media was changing and the media was p- becoming more focused on selling these people as personalities? Do you see what I mean? Well, look at it this way, right? So TV was changing, the landscape was changing, right? Fewer channels. So there was and it was the emergence chance. of... No, but there was more chance for, because of the few channels that you're going to see more familiar faces hosting the big shows. So if all you knew in the UK was your breakfast show was hosted by Noel Edmonds and he was your national breakfast presenter, yeah. and that slot becomes quite an important slot in the of history course. of radio, yeah, yeah. then when you move to Swap Shop, you transfer a lot of that popularity with you and then you build on the cult of you to the point where he can go, well, I don't want to do Swap Shop anymore, but the format works for me. I'm going to take it to evening's prime time, reach out to an adult audience. Did he ever swap over to the B- to the ITV? ITV? I don't think he did. I think after the BBC, he went to Sky. He feels so commercial, 4. though. Do you know what I mean? Which is what's strange. He feels like such a commercial DJ. You it know? is funny in that, in many respects, House Party, although very BBC, could easily have been an ITV That's what show. I mean. yeah. And probably would have been a better fit. Now, also, cheap, cheap, cheap... Yes. That was Channel 4, wasn't it? That, that was. On, was. That was on a, uh, a commercial. So was Deal or No Deal, though. Okay. So, so he did eventually change. But that, at that point, he was probably, you know, his personal private company probably was yeah. involved in. He didn't you know, want to deal with the BBC no. anymore. Because I didn't know this Deal or No Deal wasn't a British show. It was a Dutch show originally. Mm. Then it was a British show. And then it was the American version, which is very different. Is um, it? Yeah, it's very different. It's got the models, hasn't it, in America, instead of actual plebs. <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of plebs with backstories holding the boxes. Oh, this got, box is really good You just have a load, bunch of att- attractive models, is yeah, that right? Yeah, all holding suitcases. Yeah, but who are the contestants then in that Just case? the one person who's uh, on the table. I see. So they're just ladies holding suitcases. That's terrible. Yes. That's, that's, it makes it even worse. And I, and I want to say it was Noel's idea to put front and centre the, the players with the other boxes. Which I think... Was a bit of genius. And that's what he works on. That's the thing. Even though I find him sort of shallow and and sort of charmless, people find him charming. People, don't they? They do. almost robotic these days. He's almost like Nullbot. But that was always his sort of appeal, is that he he interacted well with the public. Wasn't it? it? That was his shtick. We will will find that out when we talk about Superstore later. Because it does show you that even the format doesn't really change. The presenters make a huge fucking difference. Yeah. And I think we're going to show that with Superstore later on today. So I think that's it. The other books for the Swap Shop books were more par for the course. We did find out more about Brown Sauce. That was just a whim. Yeah, and a lots of pictures of Noel with various animals. animals. Looking over the moon, though. He he's looks my like big he's, dog. He looks really happy. Yeah. Beaming, you know? Yeah, here's my cows, here's me lamb, here's me big dog. Oh, look at me tractor. And that whole bit about the helicopter, the Genol helicopter, which stood for ginormous no. Noel orifice, enter largely. Who knows? I don't know. G-spot But he, rent, he rented it he, out. Perhaps he's looking for the G-spot. Noel's G... The, the, perhaps the, he's the up Noel, in his helicopter. It's a G-spot spot. He's like, there it is. And then he drives into it. It's a huge clit on the ground. Not a clit. Inside. <laughs> where the what G-spot. are you talking about? <laughs> the G-spot's not real. You know that. Do you remember the G-spot? It was a thing. What are we talking about now? Female anatomy. It's like it's meant to be not. a lump upside, uh, halfway <laughs> up on the inside. It doesn't exist. Not everyone has one. 
I just thought I'd say that. I'm not going to stop this show to do the research on whether or not the G-spot exists. Well, I'm, I'm just opening it up for debate. I don't Aren't think you just? <laughs> prizing it open for debate. Uh, right. right tell I, me about, I don't know how to end this segment now. Tell me about number 73. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll do what we did last time. We'll launch the show. We'll play the theme tune. Okay, do that? it. Yeah. So to start off part two of our Saturday morning showdown. Yay, come on, everybody. Here we go. It's Saturday morning. It's number 73. Hey, come on, everybody. Hey, you. Hey, you. Get ready, get on your feet, get into gear and hit the street. Hey, you. Get moving, it's not too far. You're looking good, so come as you are. Hey, you. You never know what you see when you do that door with the seven three. Never seen nothing, no, not like this place. Never been, no, no way, not ever, no. Never seen no place, no way. Similar, not like 73. Hey, you, get ready, get on your feet, get into gear and hit the street. It's you that we want to see, so get down to 73. Get down to 73. Hey, you, get down to 73. So we begin with number 73. Tell you what, Paul. Hey, you get ready, get on um, your street, get into gear and hit the street. You never need no one. Nip, 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 I have to say. Number 73. Hey, you get ready, get on your feet, get into gear and hit the street. I have to say, Paul. I have to say. Do you? Because I'm going to stop you. And I don't stop you. I have to say it, please. I have to say. Go on. I mean, spoiler warning, I'm going to give probably number 73 the lowest score. Interesting. Because I do not care for it. I do not care for it. And I remember distinctly at the time it would come on and I'd go, oh, God. So let's... Oh, and I'd try and watch it and I'd be like, oh, I can't handle this. All right. Do you know what I mean? It's that play acting. It's that bad acting. Well, before we get into that, let's set up the setup, right? So, Tis Was Ends... There were other shows popping up around the regions that did similar jobs. There was like Saturday Banana with Bill Oddy. Saturday Banana with Bill Oddy. Did you ever see that? Uh, this, uh, it was not in my region, so right. no. But there are clips on YouTube. Very good. Um, it's a, it's kind of like Tiz was. Talk really. about bad personal hygiene. Oh, with Bill Oddy. Yeah, he's got waxy feet. Apparently. I mean, I, this is all <laughs> cheesy waxy allegedly, feet. Allegedly, I can't. I've never oh, heard I don't, that story I shouldn't before. Attack Oddie. Why? He's, when sh- you've got a, such a nasty ass. Why should you it's attack my, his feet? It's not nasty. It's right. We've out eat Bill Oddie's feet. I can't play. Hang on. Hang on. You're just jealous of my robust, tombrous farts. No, I am not. The only thing. Ringing ro- out. No, the only they thing. They ring out across this land. They have presence. They have reality. Unlike your sloppy bag your, end. You put the Your bus, sloppy, it, you, broken, but fucking. Broken hose end, full of fucking slap bits. Wow, great. Wow, you are on form today, Content. Mr. Silverman. Support us on Patreon. Side note, Eli's feeling poor. Oh, shut again. up. Now, now you're making gonna, excuses yeah, for I, me. I feel fine. I feel fine. I'll defend my grunts. And also, I hate fucking number 73. Could. You can't sell it to me. Right, so. In, when it comes to your arse, you put the bust in robust. Now, look. Waiting five minutes to say that. It's not even worth it. I can't get a word it. in edgeways when he's barking. Didn't make me laugh. Shit. Now, nothing makes you laugh. No, that's not true. It's like, not. The only thing that makes you laugh is the unfortunate incidence of others. What, you're saying that my whole humour is based on Schadenfreuden? Yeah. Schadenfreuden. Yeah. Paul, watch this. It's, it's, it's a tramp falling in a bin I saw I on don't, YouTube. What are you talking about? I don't watch tramps falling in bins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You do. Um, so, all those shows, like Tiswell started it all off on the 18th. Yes, but now I want you to name it because Saturday Banana sounds like a fucking right laugh. I don't know. Right, so we've got Saturday just, Banana popped what, up. What I'm saying is a lot of other regions did their own kids' TV shows. And that's how Tiswell started. Yeah. So... TV South 
TVS, uh, which is a production company, got a contract to secure children's television for the south of England. And they created their own department. And from that came Number 73. I see. And Number 73 was a Saturday morning show. And the major difference was, and what makes it very different from what came after and what the BBC was after, was the fact that it was kind of this fictional drama kind of thing in the morning where people, a bunch of people lived in a house every Saturday morning, had There's, wacky yeah. adventures, and then pop stars would come in to get and, involved uh, and they'd show cartoons. And the acting is so terrible. It's of its and type. And the scriptiness of it, the sort of, you know, I, that's what I found unbearable. It'd come on and I'd be like, what the fuck is this shit? Why are they pretending they live in this house? See, the thing is, I you know like I mean? that. When I was a kid, I remember loving that because it has that same kind of vibe as... Why don't you? I was just about to say, it's similar to Why Don't You, isn't it? Where there's the, a narrative within the edutainment. Yes. The, yeah. it's, they're using a, a fiction, like you say, a fictional drama sort of uh, structure to, yeah. to present the, the normal sort of Saturday morning stuff, like pop stars. The problem and, is, though, yeah. even though it's kind of a novel idea for a kid's show, certainly with Saturday mornings, it does kill the vibe a little bit, though. Because with like totally. Swap Shop and Tiz Wars and Going Live... The vibe was the kids, the audience, the camera crew, the kind of what could Tiz happen was next. had a proper feeling of like anarchy to it. Yeah. And danger. And, and this like, can't you know? do that because it has to stick to its reality. Yeah. But, but it doesn't stick to it. It doesn't portray the reality very well. So it's this sort of... No, I think it does. No, it doesn't. You it's pure I've artifice. Watch... No, I, dis- I it's disagree. It's pure scripty, awkward, scripty bullshit. Yeah, no, but... I don't disagree that it wasn't awkward. The performances but... are stilted. Yeah, but that's with the benefit of hindsight. I think if you watch a lot of shows of that period, they're all of the same style and tone. I would argue it's no better or worse than a, a why don't you or whatever at the time, right? Just okay, because that, yeah. I think that's the inherent nature of British broadcasting. Well, the, no, but you're, it's, they're not just presenting a show. They're pretending they're in this drama sort of thing, well, and the, it doesn't the, work the plot is, It doesn't work for me, and I used to fucking... This used to come on, and I'd go, oh, God. All right, and then you... Oh, God. Then you turned over to watch Saturday Superstore. No, and then I'd fucking go and do something else instead. Take oh, LSD in a field. I did not do LSD in my childhood. I, I was 16 when I did LSD. Yeah, so... So what? Do you want a badge for that? I'd like a badge for that, please. Actually, how old were you when you took your first hallucinogenic as a sidebar? 16. It was acid. Acid! That's it. I got nothing else. Right. Okay. So the plot to number 73 yeah, Open was, your mind, Paul. Yeah. yeah. You get to see. You have a new, new I, outlook I, I, stuff. I'm actually terrified with the concept of opening my mind and seeing what's in there. Well, you don't have to look inside. You can look outside. Looking in. Yeah. Within and without you. So if my thoughts in my head are dark... I can step outside and be all right and just objectively look at it. Or do you think more likely They're... I'll fall into it in a cascade? Well, no, a cascade of howls and screams. It's not like a and yeah. drown in my darkness in your own terror. Yeah, uh, at multiplying terror scale. I, I mean, mate, Catapult. that's more likely. Probably, yeah. If you took a big dose, yeah, and you'd end up having to put like a wooden spoon in my mouth to keep me going <laughs> as I as I scream. tuck you in. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I can't go back there. I can't. How long yeah, I don't it? think so. I don't know. That's why I've never taken any hallucinogens. Cause you I have. Am... You've done mushrooms. No, but I've never had. Uh, they are. They are. They are. A but I've never had a drug. strong psychedelic reaction to the point where like the walls shifted. Right. Kind okay. of. Shit. I've never had. But that you got experience. high off them. Yeah. You. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I've never had a trans, a, sort of a, a trip. mentally transgressive moment. A trip sort yeah. of thing, yeah. And that frightens me. Fine. Right, number 73. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is turning into the fucking Joe Rogan thing, man. He goes on about DMT the whole time, doesn't Maybe. he? Whatever cunt will roll up, yeah. he'll take it and he'll just nod and nod and think about the $100 million <laughs> Spotify gave him yeah, to, right. to, to, to not vet any of the garbage coming out of oh, the cunts he has on right, show. Sorry, I didn't mean to start you off. You know what? It's number seventy-three, shit and boring. That's why we're having trouble sticking on the topic. No, we, I want to just—we haven't actually gotten to the point of what it's about. So the plot is, is that it's a house in a street. Why is it number seventy-three? Street. Well, it, why not? So they've just pulled that out of their ass. They pulled it out of their ass. Number seventy-three. Maybe it's scanned when they were thinking of a, a, it a number. It doesn't. It's not a very attractive-looking number, or the way it sounds. What number would you prefer the house to be? Number sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't make a joke like that. I wouldn't make a joke. <laughs> And that's not, I'm not, I don't identify as Bungle. Number 11. Uh, Zippy, sorry. No. I am not Zippy, okay? All right. (laughs) I would like to, I I would identify as Bungle. All right, okay. Okay. You're pro Bungle. I like that. I'm pro Bungle. I'm pro Zippy. Zippy's a cunt. Zippy is not, okay, he's the naughty boy of the group. But Zippy Zippy, and he's pure, and he lives his life free. Well, Bungle goes. I know Zippy said some questionable things in his past when he's been drunk. Uh, you know, and he's he said things he's regretted. I would choose number 17 or something like that. Something with a ring to it. Number 101. Yeah, I'd prefer that. Although it's got the, the George Orwell, which is not... Just call it well, 72. No, the, the show. I just think the sound of 73 is sort of... Duh, 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 right? It's sort of down. 72. I don't know. I disagree. You know I mean? In my head, it's number 73. Number 36. Num- uh, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> So, number 73 is a house in a street. So, there's and no... In it, shut up! Fucking shut up! <laughs> Just one question, Paul. So, you don't know of any reason why they picked that actual number? I don't think there is a particular reason why, okay. other than it probably Fine. to them sounded good. Case closed. All right? I have no more questions. All we know is that it lives on the odd side of the street, not the even side of the street. That's true. You know? So, that's just sort of like this. Maybe it's a bit odd. The house is run by a woman called Ethel, who is played by a very young Sandy Toxvig, who would go on to be a very prolific comedy writer and, and now hosts QI. Uh, Did she write a lot, Toxic? She, she wrote number 73. Ah, so it's her. She's very much at the centre of the whole thing as well, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, so from what I understand, the show was formed and the idea was she would own a house and then the people would, who would rent the rooms would be the other characters in the house and every week stars and cartoons would come in and it'd be a wacky but house. She is kind of like the ringleader as well. She's sort of the, the compare almost. Yeah, the whole thing. and, and you know, she's the closest it has to a host, I guess. That's what I mean, the Even host. Even though yeah. the other characters in the house became... We're responsible for carrying more with the show eventually. Who got most famous? She probably did in the oh, end. I would say it was definitely Esther, uh, Esther Ranson. That's not the <laughs> name I wanted to go for. Tony Sandy T- Toxvig. But then Neil Buchanan did went on to do stuff. Neil Buchanan became fucking huge in kids' TV because apart from Art Attack, which was the 90s show. That's what I know him from. But he also had a production company which came up with things like Finders Keepers, which they bought the idea from America. And his production company, I think, had a hand in that. Which he, one was Finders Keepers? Big house, member, And every yeah. room. And you had to trash the room. It was a bit like Funhouse. Or... I fucking... Mate, I'm going to say something actually really con- con- controversial. I think Finders Keepers is inf- Im- immensely better than Funhouse. Than Funhouse. Don't say that. Too loudly, because Pat Sharp's friend of the show, Paul. You don't want to burn your bridges there. I think Pat Sharp would understand that I was a more trashy, rip it all up. Because that's the fantasy of Finders Keepers, isn't it? There's a house, they, they trash and it. you fucking wreck it looking for toys. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? How yeah. great's that? Was there gunge? Uh, they might have been. I know. What? Well, no. Probably Did Funhouse had gunge, didn't it? No, I don't. Oh no, they had gunge in their mini games, but not in the actual Funhouse segment. Ah, because I can imagine actually it was probably quite a bit of a fucking messy show. And so you can't have... Like, Finders Keepers couldn't have too but much Did Finders Keepers come before Funhouse? After. Okay. 
That was so another property bought. It was from- using that kind of... It existed because Funhouse was a big success. What is that genre known as? The sort of kid slapstick kind of game ac- show? action game show, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You don't see like, those anymore, do you? No, I mean, in America... Oh, yeah. they La- had Floor is Lava is a bit like that. and stuff. That's the yeah. new take. But, yeah. I mean, like, last American show like that might have been... Temple of the Lost Gold or whatever it's called. You could include Nightmare almost in that as well, Nightmare, couldn't you? definitely. And you could also include in that uh, Crystal Maze. Crystal Maze. And also, what was that one with Chegwin in? The Naked Jungle. No, where, not the Naked Jungle where he uh, got his nub-nub out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a clean nub. It's a good-looking nub. I'd have to see it. but as Small penises need some respect in this world. and he had a, plays his nub. He had a proper crow's beak atop a tennis ball, right? So <laughs> No wonder Maggie Philbin was upset and frustrated. No, come on. Philbin didn't leave him because of his small penis. It was part of it. Aw. At least he's dead and can't say anything <laughs> to us about it. So. No, what was I going to say? What was that, sh- that, that one where... They have the bits... Oh, the adventure game. Adventure game. With the plant that went... And they had the thing at the end where it was sort of... It's video effects, like green screen effects, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was and kind it... of like a kind of space chess where you had to move over but a But that's grid. in that genre as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So anyway, he did that. So they both went on to really big successful things. In fact, when I was looking into this, there's a cast, right, of what... Uh, I think it's one, two... There's five. So you got... Ethel, who runs the house. You've got Dawn. Ethel and, played by Toxvig. Yeah. You've got Neil Buchanan playing Neil. You've got this guy called He's Harry. annoying as fuck. Uh, what's his name? Um, oh, the chump. Harry Harry chump face. Harry, well, it doesn't get listed here. Harry Stern is the other character. So you've got Neil Buchanan, Ethel Davis, an eccentric old lady, even though she was like 22 or something yeah, when she was in the... Again, it's that sort of weird, fucking weird falseness of it. Who progressively got younger as the show went on, owned the place. Harry was introduced as a bumbling nephew. Dawn, played by Andrea Arnold, was the rollerboot-wearing female lodger, quickly became the go-to person for the animal spot with international vet David Taylor. Most eccentric of all was Patrick Doyle, who was a character in the show who would be the love interest to Ethel, and then they had all those things. It wasn't until season uh, two or three that Neil Buchanan joined. Oh, yeah, Neil Buchanan unofficially joined the cast as a member, as a caricaturist. Uh, and Kim Goody joined it in the second series, the second run. Now, Kim Goody also was an aspiring singer. As we find out later on. But that was the premise, right? They all lived in the house and wacky adventures happened. I press on Nick's name for Harry Stern and nothing come up. There's no really? Wikipedia page for him. There's no. Who's uh, that, the young guy? He's the, the, the young the guy clip you we don't watched. like. Yeah. Yeah. So not the scouser. He was like, I can draw these, man. No, that's Neil Buchanan. That's Neil Buchanan. And then not Sandy Toxvic and not Dawn. That guy who's going to, in the bit that we saw, was going to go out with, is introducing Kim. Kim. Yeah. Yeah. So So he was there from the start. Yeah. Yeah. Why hasn't he got any profile? Weird. I don't know, because Kim Goody uh, still did voice work after this, and she still did a few songs. And I think she even voiced a kids' TV show reasonably recently that was quite successful. Kim Goody, so she still works in in the industry. Yeah, obviously Neil Buchanan's doing all right for himself, I'd imagine. He's gone off the grid. He won't do social media, and he does bits in the background. But from what I heard from Pat Sharp, he's just like low profile, not interested. Yeah, but he never had any. And he, you know, he was always into his music as well. So I think he's got a band he does pub gigs with. I don't. I fine. don't have an issue with Neil Buchanan. No, I don't. He I gave he's, he's literally. Fine. He was like our generation's Tony Hart, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, Although Tony Hart was my generation's Tony Hart. Yeah, I used to love true. Tony Hart. Do you remember the other show Buchanan did? Is it Zap, the comic book that came to life? No. Was, yeah, he did stuff like that in it as well. Oh, morning, nicely. Not a bad day, is it? 
Hello, nicely. Neil, how, how are you doing, you? mate? You haven't just come from Liverpool. It's taken me three days to get here, mate. Three days? How oh, are you? Terrified. No, I'm not terrified. <laughs> no, I was, I was just getting the uh, milk and. Why are you terrified? No, I was just getting the milk and Harry? I'm going to take it in. Uh, Harry, why are you terrified? I'm not. I'm not. I'm Come all right. On, mate. I'm all right. I'm There's all... something wrong with you. Come on, spill the beans. Okay, okay. Look, just between you and me, right? Yeah. Just between you and me. I met this girl the other day at the disco. Her name's Kim. I'm bringing her home to introduce her to the other. Now cut that That's out what... for a start, That's right? That's why you're all spruced up. Look, just leave it out, will you? When are you meeting her? 10:30. What's the time? Just gone 10:30. Take that. Oh no. Uh, Harry. What? Oh, get off. <laughs> session like that because actually I think the gig's going quite well. We'll have a little bit of trouble with the mix down, okay? And I do think, you know that key change with F to C, that one, I think Ethel, maybe... Ethel, one minute. <laughs> you can't talk to a band like that. They won't take that sort no, of stuff. No, it's just for fun, Harry. Yeah, oh, it's for fun. Watch a this, joke. watch this, yeah. watch this. <clears throat> okay, y'all. Now, I think, you know, what we want to do is want to get some kind of feedback, feedback going, okay? Yeah. Right. So what we'll do, you know, like, we'll lay down the first track yeah. and then we'll lay down the others on the top, okay? okay. Now, now, Billy, you know, if you could give me a note, so... Yeah. I think, you know, if you could incorporate that note into the song, you know, I think we're really going to be onto something, like maybe right. a hit, you know. Humor. Okay, Humor. so quiet in the studio, please. Cans on. And on my cue. Okay. And play. So, that's the, that's the format of the show, but they did do interesting things within it. Like, they had a... Ethel had a fake production company called Front Door Productions. So that meant within each season of the show, there was a, a film running through it episode by episode. And, and they were all filmed on film. And they all looked, one was like a murder mystery. One was a Three Musketeers okay. spoof. They did things like that to pad it out. I know, but it just, it just doesn't land for me. And it was just so boring. The sort of play acting is so boring. I liked it. Mortifyingly boring. I liked You're it because I honestly, I fell in love with, you were younger with, than me, with Sandy Toxic in that show. You fell in love with her? Generally, I, was, I loved Ethel. And when she left the show, I was genuinely sad. I don't think Toxfig goes for guys. I know. doesn't mean I can't love someone. Well. Even if it doesn't need, I don't need to have reciprocated. I, as a young child. You wank off to Toxfig. No, I didn't you wank, wank off to Toxfig. To Tox yeah. As I was seven years old, I tugged my meat. You were an early developer. No, you I wanked wasn't. off to You were I a huge ball bollock seven year I old. I did not thrash <laughs> my, my. You had a huge knob at seven. <laughs> what? <laughs> in that I had one or I was oh, given one this has gone too weird this you're gone too... doing it <laughs> show me the book so as we did last week we went online to find some merch for each of these shows because as I say after this all that stops you don't get merch for going live by and large and you don't get merch for Motormouth or Ghost Train or uh, whatever and they must have had sort of terrible merch like going live pens and stuff yeah but that doesn't count I'm talking about like stuff like actual book the media books. media content so, yes I went online and I bought a number 73 badge which originally you could only get if you were on the show or entered something that was featured on the show I bought it on eBay for £5 and I'm so happy you it's, have no idea it's bloody good I have to say it's I've probably wanted. my favourite thing about the whole show that's it's what's like iconic a proper little it. model red door yeah and it's all actually moulded do you know what I mean? It's actually like a little toy door. That's the thing I think sticks out more than anything about number 73. Less the format, 
more the the, the, the iconography of the that design front door. and stuff. Yeah, the was... bright red door with the nice seventies curvy yellow bubble bubble print bubble sort of uh, writing, bottles. isn't it? And you know what's great about this book as well? I will say this: I you turn it this. round, yeah, it's a badge. It's got a fake pin on the it's back. It's got a pin on the back, as if it's not actually a door. It's a big. Badge. It's a big badge. And I, you know what? I remember a friend of mine went on number seventy three in its final series when it was set for no fucking reason in a cowboy ghost town. Yeah, so they played with the format. Just for that last season. Yeah, but you were saying that whole her production company's a bit like that. They're yeah. playing with genres and sort of doing And there were stuff. plots going through the season. Like in the, one of the final seasons, Ethel's getting married to one of the characters who lived next door. So they're building up to the wedding and, and Ethel leaving the show. So there was narrative and plots. And, and it was like on that. ITV, was it? ITV in the mornings, yeah. And I think it was national because I remember watching it growing up. So it must have been. I'd and Tiz Was was on ITV. What I think happened was... You see, Tiz was, go from Tiz Was to this. It's a bit of, you know. No, but it, also what happened was, I think different regions started taking on the responsibilities of creating the shows on the off seasons. So TVS might have dealt with 73 for the summer, but in the winter there was another show. Maybe that was Saturday Banana or maybe it was okay. Motormouth later. You know what I mean? But there, but 73 survived for six years. It ran from 82 to 88. Yeah. And this book came out in 87, which is interesting because at 87, it was just losing its popularity. Sandy Toxfig had left and it was one season before they moved. The house got demolished and they had to move into a cowboy town because apparently they, the only reason they set it there was because there was a ghost. There was a theme park in Bournemouth, uh, not Bournemouth, in Morecambe or something that was right. a Wild West theme park. So they just used that as their set. I see. It's, and so he went on the show and came back with the new number 73 door badge which was a saloon door badge. Does that a, exist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? How much are those on eBay? I haven't seen them on eBay oh. because, again, one season, not many badges must have gone out. Mate, it. that's a choice piece. You want to get that. But it's great. It's a red saloon door, seven and three like that on each door. Yeah. But because it's seven T three, the T is made from like the kind of... The gap. The, the neg- gap negative between, space. Between the two doors. Oh, the T that's interesting. is formed with that, yeah. If anyone's got that badge and doesn't want it no more, give it to me. So this book that came out... Oh, the roller skating. I love the roller skating. The book that came out, the number 73 book that we bought that I got on eBay, is interesting in that it's in many respects similar to the Swap Shop book and the Tizwaz book. It's more in line with the Tizwaz book because it's more silly with sketches and stories, but it has got stuff about content that they do on the show. And it also has... A sort of strong comic book element where this one artist has drawn them all as I throughout the whole Buchanan thing. I wonder if Neil Buchanan is in charge of the drawings. I'd have to have but a it, look. It's, it's much more consistent throughout the whole uh, book than the other ones. Do you know in, what I mean? In terms all, of this drawing yeah. style. The house style across the book is is consistent. It's and not... it's a way of them sort of not relying too much on photographs of the actual performers, I guess. Yeah. To Why? be able to tell the story. Can, we need them to hold this fo- this jar of yeah. eggs. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to turn up to do that. Just draw them. Yeah, which is, sl- it's kind of, sl- it's slicker in yeah. a way um, than the swap shop books, I'd say. It's got it's, more it's, of a sort yeah. of unified and considered design. Like the whole show. It's, had it's... a sort of more, you know. Uniform. It was more uniform, sort of conceptually thought out as yeah. a sort of, yeah. Well, cause Which also, is my issue with it, but also is what's good about it, I guess. It's what's made to... it different. It's what's made it stand out from yeah. Saturday Superstore, which yeah. is on at the same time yeah. at this point. And I think, you know, if you wanted the silliness and the characters and the cartoons and telebugs and all the adventure of number 73, you could go there. But then I was looking, we were talking about the other people in that show and like Dawn, the character of Dawn. 
uh, was played by uh, an actress. I need is this get... the roller skate person? Uh, yeah, Dawn, who was on roller skate throughout the whole show. That's cool. Andrea Arnold. I was like, oh, what's she ever fucking done? Well, turns out she's got an OBE. Um, she's won an Academy Award for a short film, Wasp, in 2005. Oh. She made films called Red Road, Fish Tank, and American Honey, all of which won the Jewelry Prize at the Cannes Film Festival. Are these dramas? These independent? Yeah, films. these are all independent dramas. Yeah. Uh, she's also directed four episodes of the Amazon Prime video series, Transparent. Uh, she's done HBO series, Big Little Lies. She's got a, a, a career as a filmmaker. She's done all right for herself, mate, to be yeah. fair. Well, she was a performer in this, though. She wasn't a filmmaker then, obviously. No, she yeah. was just, you know, making... Uh, but you I love her skates. She's got great... They're like sort of yeah. uh, rainbow glitter-coloured Yeah, boots. because you could... Cause, uh, well, the, the funny thing is, is when quads, the show started, proper quads as well. When the show started, people were still treating roller skates as the new fad. By '88, not so much. I'm they were invented in the '50s or in the '30s or something. So why did they suddenly get a huge boom? Was it because just the it, disco? It's there's roller disco, and also there's sort of technology advances. I think it's the urethrain, urethrain, urethra. I want to say urethra. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's urethra got more. No, durable. what is that stuff called? The, they make that they make skate wheels out of polyurethane. Yes, I just pulled that. I don't know. I think it's polyurethane. Is um, so I think there was a, an advance in technology in the seventies. So you had right. better, much better skate wheels because you know those ones that those roller skates that used to have like just the skate and you tie it onto your actual shoe. Yes, and they had those really brittle, hard, clanky wheels. So it was. I think oh, that's it, right. You just use time to your shoes, but then, so it's yeah. like roller skating be going for a long time. But I think. It was a big fad because you had a much better technologically better skates. I will say this for number 73, though. It had Frank Sidebottom on it. Did it? Yeah. He's not in the book. He is. You don't see the Frank Sidebottom He page. used to pop up everywhere, didn't he? Yeah, because didn't he pop up in Oink? Yeah. He did He did the, um, not as Frank Sidebottom, but he did the song on the Flexi that was on the Oink yes. cover. Yes, but I've he did got, do a comic I've, strip, I, I have for it. Frank Sidebottom's fantastic double page spread. I don't do a bad... Frank Sidebottom, oh, do on. I? Stop blowing your own fuck piece, man. But like Frank Sidebottom, as we've talked about numerously on this show, was like a cult comedy figure that and was this... around the fringes. Yes, but he, did he do his own artwork? Yeah, Frank that, he drew Because it's all weird. That. It's t- different from the artwork around it. No, he, he drew his own... his own comic strips when he was asked to for certain publications. It's funny, isn't it? How he was just this creation and he got in old kids' TV and... Yeah, and, and, and also culty Channel 4 late night stuff as well. And he got his own sitcom for Channel 4 as well. Bizarre. Right. <laughs> Number 73. So this book, I really like this book. I'll say this. Um, it's got a few pictures in, you know, a few obvious pictures of the group all doing the profile stuff. But there is, like, silliness in it. Like, there's, you know, games to play with your friends and a little board game they've put in and a maze where you've got to get a tunnel. You know, it's, it's a typical annual it's not like the, the, the BBC one where it's like, here's how the show's made and how we make it. Yeah. This one's more like it keeps the, the, the narrative of the world alive. Yeah, that's very different from the BBC. But the BBC, the BBC like to do that because they're almost like trying to say, this is, you know, this is the public broadcasting and this is how it's done and this yeah. is where your money sort of goes. It's going. Yeah. It's, again, the it's responsibility. That, yeah. Uh, there is a recipe for vegetable curry in this. Uh, mixed veg, potatoes. Vegetable curry? Yeah. Why? Because uh, Dawn's a, a vegetarian. So she's talking about a vegetarian. Who's Dawn? The, the roller skate Arnold, lady. The old roller skating lady. Here's some jokes. Every right. one of these books is like a joke page. Yeah, you need jokes, don't you? Right. Doctor, doctor, I think I'm a dog. Well, stick this up your ass and pull fuck it. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Who burped? What's, Who? The, what's the punchline to the dog joke? Oh, I'm not allowed on the couch. So you're... you're what? Doctor, doctor, I think I'm a dog. Well, get off my couch. Oh, that's very bad. Why? Because you shit there. Yeah. Well, you shit on the couch. Yeah. 
We've done messy That's shit what on dogs the couch. do, isn't it? Dog egg on the couch. Dog egg next to the p- the last night's pizza in the couch. Warm dog egg. Warm. Do you want a? <laughs> do you want a dusty old dog egg next to pizza slice? Fish sausage left out in do the sun. Do you want to just not? <laughs> Hairy fish sausage left out in the sun. Oh, see how they run. If you right here we go. Right, get these. See if you can get these. Badger. What was the first underwater spy? Who was the first underwater spy? <laughs> Actually, that's not the gag, but similar. Bubble <laughs> 07. Bubble 07. No, it's not, but it's James Pond. Yeah, of course. Next. What do you call a cowboy who wears glasses? Um, for four hide eyes. No. Raw, raw hide, four eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Squint Eastwood. Oh, he's not a cowboy. He's an actor. That's a terrible joke. What's yellow and jumps from cake to cake? A mad hopping cake squasher. No. Tarzy pan. And finally... Oh, fuck off. What's tall, French and wobbly? Le jelly tower. I'm so shit. Close. The trifle tower. Trifle tower. It's all right. I like it when we do that. So there, you know. uh, (laughs) I'm such an idiot. There is one part of this book that we will get to. Le jelly tower, I said. it was close enough. It wasn't close. It, it was, was close even enough. terrible. My whole my f- faculties are fading. No, for some reason, there's an episode. There's a picture of the Why Don't You Gang dressed up as Why the Why Don't the eight, No, sorry, not the Why Don't You Gang. The number seventy three gang dressed up as the A team, but for some reason they look like the A team crossed with Shawadi Wadi. Well, who's done B A Barakas? Because none of them are people of color. No, I know. I don't know who it is. Ooh. I don't know who that is. Ooh. At least they haven't put on the boot polish. I think they have, mate. Have they? Yeah, you can see the line. I'll put a picture on our website and you can judge for yourself. But that's not what I wanted to show you. I wanted to get onto the Kim Goody thing. I think that's that Harry bloke. No wonder he's not fucking on the internet anymore. It was like, your agent, we're going to have to drop you. Everyone saw that number 73 book. I think that is him. Look at the face. Yeah, you might be right. It is. Yeah, because Buchanan is the one who looks like He's fucking from Shana- Shanana. Shanana. Shan- what is the band called? Shanana. Yeah. Is it called Shanana? Shanana. 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 Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. There's, there's, there's Andrea again. She's got a suit on. Where's that fucking thing about Kim Goody and her record? Because I don't sad. know. Oh, here it is. So with all of these things that we've been talking about, all these shows, they've all come with like a tie-in record, right? Brown Sauce, Tiz Was Bucketeers. We've got one coming up. They had a whole LP. Yeah, we've got one coming up for Saturday Superstore. There was one for number 73. There wasn't an album, but there was a single released. And that single was by Kim Goody, the female, one of the female. Who only joined in the third season or something, didn't she? Um, So the most exciting thing to ever happen to me was making my very first record. Now, this seems like bullshit because the one we listened to, which I'm going to put a clip in right now, where it was the Kim Goody song, was it Hold the Line or something? It wasn't Hold the Line. Hold the Tongue. That's Foreigner. Hold the line. Love is always on time. No, no, no. Good song. <laughs> no, it's not Hold what the Line. What was that song we listened to, though? I can't 19... remember. It's, it's pure pap. But that one said it was from 1980 well, or 81. So it's not her first song, then. Well, maybe it didn't get a, a release. Maybe it was just... Maybe.
But anyway, she talked about the song she released, um, I presume, a, li- a, a little while before this, called Don't Turn Around. Which is the Aswad song. Oh, well, which was in itself the Tina Turner song. So, so we, the most famous version surely is Aswad in this country. Uh, yes. They, that, that was a big number one. Huge number one hit in the 90s. And that was 80, 91 or was, something? No, it I want to say early. 93 or 4. Really? Yeah, I want to say something like that. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, here we go. Let's fucking look I don't think up. it was the 90s. I think it was like 89, 88, 89. Aswad, don't turn around. 1988, so fair enough. Flat! Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what don't was the name me. of the album it's off? Don't know. The album's name was Distant Thunder. Like the sound of your erupting <laughs> a Yes, my robust chunders. So she released a version of Don't Turn Around. And the thing is, I can only imagine it sounds more like the Tina Turner one than the Aswad one. Yeah, it wouldn't And be, the Tina Turner yeah. one has that Tina Turner energy. But she puts it out before Aswad do it. Yes. Yeah. Because this would have been, let's be generous, because I can't find the exact date. This book came out in 87, the year before the show was cancelled. So uh, this might have been 85, 86 when it happened. But listen, Paul, I know this interests you, but you were being a bit disingenuous when you say it was a sort of a number 73 record. It isn't. Well, it, Not in the same sang- way that it, Brown Source is no. associated with that or but, that or that the, the Bucketeers is purely about the show. It's not, No, you know, she... Her character on number 73, part of that narrative that season was her releasing a song and it being released. Right. So it was tied in. So it's not, it's not a, yes, it's not a number 73 thing, but it was something she used number 73 to promote. And do you and know how successful versa. it was? Not very successful. I it don't think even, it even chart. Didn't even get in the top 100. In fact, she says at the end, because talks, she talks in this thing about how she worked with a producer called Pete Walsh. They found out what song they would pick because, you know, don't write one. Just pick one and of sing course, it. yeah. And so I think the Tina Turner song had been out for one or two years beforehand anyway. Oh, that is, that's from the 80s, the Tina Turner yeah. version as well. I want to say it's like that whole period, like Simply the Best, you know. Yeah, her, 86, her, her big 80s comeback. 85, 86, yeah. whatever it was. Um, yeah, so it would have come one or two years after that. The, the song wasn't even cold in the ground before Kim Goody dug it up. So she talks about making it. It's weird. She talks like she doesn't know what the industry was all about because she talks about... So I'd got my contract, and if I told you what a long haul that was, you'd never believe me. And I got a song to sing. So here's a contract, and here's a song you have to sing to fulfill the contract. It sounds really kind of hollow. What's her career like nowadays? Again, voiceover work. Oh, so she's still in the industry. She's still busy. She still does bits and bobs, charities, that kind of thing. Okay, well, that's good. The page actually finishes with what happened to the song. So she goes... For a record to become a hit, it's vital to get onto as many playlists as possible, and that, we found, was not easy, even with a big record record company behind it. David Jason explained that... Sorry, not David Jason, because that's <laughs> the only Thor's guy. Um, yeah. So they went to Capital Radio. Who, and, why did you say David Jason? Because the name is David Jensen. You know, Kid Jensen. The, is it Kid Jensen? Yeah. So Kid, David, That's my sister's sir, uh, nickname. So, oh, what, surname. Kid, Kid Jensen? <laughs> yeah, because she's called Jenny. Uh, so we call her Kid Jensen. Oh, fine. It's good, isn't it? It's not that like she presented Rathmataz once. No. So it wasn't anything like that. <laughs> All right. So David you Jensen. You know they attacked Pat Sharp, my sisters, once. No. Oh, no, you have said yeah. that. And he told me he'd never got over it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, David Jensen explained that each radio station has a playlist, which is agreed upon by the producers and DJs every Kid week. Jensen. That's changed, though, now. Now playlists come from, like, the top down. There's a music... It's purely from the sort of, yeah, it's much more corporate now, yeah. isn't it? So, and in fact, algorithmically selected probably now. They probably so, use sort of AI things to, to see which 
to, to do the frequency oh, yeah. and stuff. You know? But what she's saying is that the DJs and producers of those shows would come up with the playlist themselves. And so what she's effectively saying is that people who listen to her song didn't like yeah. it. And it was really hard because they're saying, if you get plays, then you get to be on the playlist. But if the playlist helps you get plays. So if you can't get yeah. one, you won't get the other. So you yeah. can't get either. Your song's shit. Yeah. So then she says at the end, my record didn't make the top 100, but it no. didn't fall far from the far short. So it wasn't that bad. Uh... Uh, anyway. It was a stellar year for me, and I got to be in a band in the ninth, in the number seventy three cellar, which is where all the bands would perform in the show. Very in a very similar way to uh, young ones, is what yes. I said. And that was the other thing. You just had bands, but the young ones sort of played that up for humour. You'd have Motorhead in the living room. No, the reason why they had bands on young ones was to get a bigger budget for the show. They didn't pitch it as a comedy show. They pitched it as light entertainment. Ah. And part of that remit was they had to have music on the show. Well, I think it adds to it. It's good. It it definitely adds to it. But you can easily see number 73 being a very watered down, kid-friendly Saturday morning version of the Young Ones aesthetic. You know, young people living in a house, wacky things. No, it is very similar, in fact. Dexy's coming on. Yeah. That's bizarre. Dexy's doing the the bit we watched had Dexy's do in their living room doing doing Come on on Eileen. Eileen. Very strange. Dexys yeah. looked proper weird, didn't they? Well, no, that in was that... the aesthetic he wanted yeah, to I go know. for. I know. I want... No one's allowed to drink. No one's allowed to do I drugs. I think he's creepy. No Kevin Rowland is creepy. He's a strange chap, yeah. but a true original. Yeah. A true yeah. original. Yeah. So, number 73 ended. What happened was, it was very popular for five years. Did Buchanan shit the bed? No, it was it was just down to the fact that Ethel left, and so they kind of, left. Yeah, she left, just gone to do other things. Fair enough. But she left, and they still had another season after. They had two, so ah. one just had that cast that we went through in that book. But no Ethel, no Ethel. So they were carrying it, and then the plot was, and I don't know why behind the scenes this happened, but the house was knocked down, and so they moved from number 73 in the street to a number 73 Wild West ghost town. Hence because the it was, badge. Because there was a theme park nearby they could film in for yeah. nothing. That was the last season. And that was awful. And everyone looked and that was miserable it. making it. Really? Because everyone had to do, there had to be a lot more outside shots it's rather than cold. in the studio. Yeah. So you like you see these people go, we're performing on next. Here's yeah, five yeah. star in the cold yeah. in the rain <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a yeah, shitty yeah. puddle outside a fucking old saloon performing rain or shine. It was like, good. Ugh. So the show kind of died. And then after that, Motormouth, Ghost train eventually you know going smtv live. well going live was on the other side okay. but that's where number 73 is and that's its legacy it's more culty i think than the other shows we've talked about it, it, well tis was is more culty do you think yeah maybe because of its its inaccessibility to people around the world that not around the world around the uk yeah that it was hard for some kids to watch so i guess it i was, do not care for number 73 i just find it dull i'm more fond of it i mean watching it back very cringe yes but as a kid I loved it. I certainly watched it yeah. over Saturday Night. No, Superstore. like I say, it was just like one of those shows where just the deep, deep actoriness e- of it. Ex- existential boredom set in. Like, it set in. It set in hard, and then, hard. and then I had to go. But it did give us telly bugs. I like the cartoons more. Well, the cartoons they showed in number 73 were like literally Disney ones. It was always, here's a Donald Duck cartoon. That's for three cool. Minutes. That's great. It was weird. They just put a projector out onto the table and then pretended oh, to show it did? on the wall. Yeah. I love that. I love that aspect. Like, let's just and show I love some the sandwich cartoons. quiz. The sandwich oh, quiz. Oh yes, I was going to ask you about thing. that. Yeah. What is the sandwich quiz? The sandwich quiz. I didn't, was like I the didn't big... get it. What do they do? The, How, what the... do they say? What's in my sandwich? Jam. No. no. What's in it? Marmite. No. no. What's in it? Bovril. No. no. What's in it? Marmalade. No. What's in it? Don't Peanut turn butter? this into a fucking cheese sop sketch. No. no. What's in it? Cheese. No. no. Camembert. Brie. Rock four. This crunchy frog. 
Fuck off, <laughs> Python. So anyway. I wasn't doing that. I was no, going to get Spoff. No, the quiz Is was cheese. Do you want to say what the quiz was, or you just want to say random things you can put on a sandwich now? Hardened spoff. Right, good. Hardened spoff. Spreadable jazz jazz. Cheese rind. Ball scrapey cheese rind. You're saying nothing. And I'm not saying nothing. You I'm are saying, saying. I'm saying chud. Can I tell you about the fucking sandwich games? So I want a sandwich the with the chud pellet in it. I want to end the segment. So I, I want can chud end it pellet shavings. The sandwich spread. I want chud pellet shavings. Shut up. <laughs> That's good. Come Shut on. up, or I will hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to pell it. If you say one more fucking oh, thing. Oh, pell it. That's good. If you're saying one more fucking thing. Tell me about I'm the not... fucking sandwich quiz, you cunt. Right. The sandwich quiz was like a general knowledge game. And the idea is when you got a question right, you want a slice of bread. Then you got a bonus question, which was your filling question. Right. And the idea is at the end of a certain amount of time, the one with the most sandwiches made would win. So do you, you keep ha- them separate or do you just stack You could do- stack them or you could make separate sandwiches. Well, but you got points for every sandwich you made. Every complete. Yeah. Yeah, Some but if you stack it. them, then what, does, what counts as a sandwich? Because they're sharing they're sharing. I don't know. Balls. I, all I know is I saw I people stack them. Sa- if you stack them, then you'd... Less points, in it. No, because what counts as a... Oh, I don't know. The, ge- the geometry of this is fucking my mind up. So you'd go, what was Donald Duck's girlfriend? Daisy, there's a slice of bread. Now your filling question is... Is it Daisy? Yeah. Your filling question is, uh, what does ELO stand for? Uh, uh, electric Light Orchestra. Great, here's your filling. And then another question, there's your bread. That's one sandwich, right. that's one point. And you had to do it quickly. Okay, are you ready, everybody? Yeah. Ooh, so, the daring, dazzling, just defyingly dull, devastatingly dangerous, delectable, delicatessenable, divinely decadent sandwich quiz. Yeah. Okay, mind your backs, there we go. Okay, plates and knives. We're going to go for our first question. And can I have your name, please? It's uh, Albert. Albert. Okay, welcome along, Albert. That's uh, one less point to you. And uh, can I have your name, please? Someone tip me tongue. Someone tip me tongue. Say pass. Pass. Okay, pass. Albert playing pass. Okay, now what we're going to do, grab your knives there. There's one on a little magnetic thing for you. Very clever, all this uh, high tech we've got here. Let's hope I can remember the rules. <laughs> now then, I'm going to ask you a question. Either of you can answer. If you think you know the answer, bang the hilt of your knife on the top there and give me the answer. You get the question right, you get a piece of bread and butter and we move on from there. Okay, are you ready? Albert and pass, here we go. Sandwiches were invented by a famous earl. He was the earl of... Yes, Albert. Sandwich. Absolutely right. You're going to have to be quicker there, Pass, if we're going to get in. Now then, there's your first bread and butter sandwich. That's around to you. Now, what you get to do is you get to choose a filling here, and you can either have savoury, a little bit of of egg mayonnaise there, or sweet, a little bit of jam, or very strange. I'm not quite sure what that is. Some kind of nut effect, I think we've probably got there. So what kind of filling are you going to go for? I'll have not too much my personality. Okay, there's your pieces of bread. Don't make the filling until you've answered the question. Here's our extremely strange object. I don't know what they think. It's a bit of a horse or something there. Okay, here's your question. Only Albert can answer. Okay. Which country... No, don't go away now. Pass. It'd be very distressing for us all. He's always okay. like that. Is he? Okay. Which country has a nut named after it? Uh, Cuba. Britain. Not Australia. No helping. No helping from the audience. Which, which country? Uh, South American sort of a country. Manchester. No helping. Uh, Manchester Brazil. nut. That's it. It was the game, but it was famous because, you know, wacky and stuff. And Did it, they it, have like slices of tomato and stuff there? Yeah, Actual, they had all sorts. They had, like, on the table, they had a loaf, two loaves of bread and then a, a tray with like jam and butter and marmite cheese. and cheese and uh, whatever and whatever and sandwich spread and paste bovril? and crab paste and bovril. Crab paste? Yeah, oh, I love crab that. paste or salmon spread. Oh, oh, sandwich like... spread. I... Lemon curd. 
all uh, that kind of stuff. Remember lemon curd? My granddad would lived off the fucking stuff. Do you like enjoy lemon curd? When I was a kid, I did. These days, it turns my stomach. Really? Don't know why. Why? Because of the sort of because it reminds you of ejaculate, Mister Silverman. No. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. It's not. The, it's not. It's not the sort of artificial lemony. I think it's because it's like it's like lemon. It's lard. slimy. Yes, it's lemon like lard. lemon lard, and it's like, uh, yeah. I don't right. like the idea of lemon lard. Fi- funny, because I've never heard of anyone changing their mind over their life about lemon curd. Yeah, it's the opposite, though, with like yogurt. I hated yogurt when I was a kid, and I, I love it. I like a nice, uh, fatty yogurt. Yeah, a nice, full Greek. Full Greek. You like a full Greek in your mouth, do yeah. you? 100% full Greek, <sighs> non fat, curly whip of splashingly delightful <laughs> goo in your mouth. And that's the end of the number 73 like segment. Chad Chad. Great. You've added nothing as ever and you've ended this poorly. Number 73 shit. The best thing about the whole thing is the, that badge, which I want. Can you get me one if you see one, please? No, I I'm having one. one so I can be unique and special, unlike you, who's a dirty, horrible Come on, tr- you don't even player. collect those badges that have, uh, pin, like, not proper, it's not a pin badge, Yeah, but is I it? adapted it, didn't I? Took a little bit, a tiny little bit of glue. Put a little oh, pin you on stuck the back. It on your board. Stuck it on my board. Have you broken it? You no. took the other thing off. Put a tiny little bit of hot glue on. Uh, and stuck hot a little glue. Yeah, a little glue gun pen, and then put a little pin on the back. You've got a glue gun it. pen. Yeah, you know, a little, you, a little stick of glue. You put it in, and yeah, you, I know, uh, yeah. I know what a hot I've got glue one of them. pen is. I've, I've been a... around. I know what a hot glue pen is. Would you like me to get my hot glue pen out? Uh, you know, lay a little bit of hot glue on your top lip. And then stick a moustache on. And then... Could you s- use a hairy fish sausage and stick a moustache on there? Right, we've, this is 50 <laughs> minutes and I'm tired Come on, I'm ready for the denouement. Well, we're going to move on to the denouement where we tackle, after this commercial break, Saturday Superstore. Oh, come on, everybody. Stop saying, come on, everybody. <laughs> come on, everybody. Oh, come on, everybody. Oh. Hello. What are play people up to now? Doing a bit of fishing, then? Look out, here come the pirates. The boats float, too. He'll be back on the road soon. Ah, so this is the new Play People colour idea, is it? And special painting pens. Just some of the world of Play People. From Louis Marks. Open wide, Lily there. are playing dentist. The same new game of skill from Waddington's. Can you extract teeth without touching the gums and making your patients scream with disapproval? Use the mirror to guide the probe and... There you go. Extract the most teeth and you're the winner. Dentist with its own electronic scream. It's great fun for all the family. Careful now. He is motor racing with a difference. Matchbox powertrain. And the difference is the lights. Matchbox Powertrack. It's the one with the lights. So Swap Shop closed its doors in 1982 and the BBC needed a replacement. And so they went with... The Saturday Superstore. And the theme, it sounds like this. It's time for Saturday Superstore!
Good morning. Welcome to the store. We're Shit. Check yes. <laughs> it's Shit. a word. It doesn't have the, the mic bat joie de vivre. The mic bat has a certain magic to it. The original... Um, it slapped. The swap shop theme. The original swap shop theme. Did you know, though, that there was a conceit to Saturday Superstore? It was in a shop. Yeah, but... It doesn't really look like that. No, because the idea was swap shop was a shop. And Where they you thought, swapped. what's yeah. bigger than a shop? A superstore. A oh, superstore's I see. bigger I than see. a shop. So look, just in terms of the chronology. Yeah. When did Tiswas finish? 82. 82. Tiswas swap shop, both ended 82. 73, this, both started, started 82. 82. Yeah. So that was to, that basically replaced Tiswas in that slot. No. 73. No, no, yeah, number 73 replaced Tiswas effectively. Wow. And what a bring down. 73 is shit. No, no, no. Tiswas and 73 may have a different style and, a, a, you know, a, a different vibe that you don't like. I'm going to argue that the come down from swap shop to superstore was a bigger was, gap, bigger like, fall. Yeah, it's more like train spotting cold turkey kind of come down right. than anything else. Because, so the idea was it was set in a superstore and Mike Reed was replacing Noel Edmonds, but he wasn't just a host. He was the general manager of the store. Of the store. Keith Chegwin, a hangover from Swap Shop, he was the delivery boy, which meant all the wacky things that came in and out. He had to... Why is he always infantilised? Because he's already in his 30s by this point, isn't Probably, he? Probably, yeah. But because he looks like, I don't know, a cherub, they thought, well, you're always going to be the happy, cheeky Scouse thing. But Maggie Philbin was on the first series of Superstore. It was Philbin a Scouse as well? No, no, I don't believe so. But she was on the first was series southern. of Superstore, but then she got subbed out uh, for Sarah Green, who came off the back of Blue Peter. Sarah Green, a London lady. Now, we will not be talking about Sarah Green okay. quite this yet, No, because I need to warm up. Yeah. Uh, and right. then you had David Icke, who was hanging over as well. and He was, he now... was from Swap Shop yep. as well. And they were all in like, different departments in the store. But like the sets didn't look like a store. I wonder why M- Mike Reed was chosen to replace I mean, effectively, Noel. because he was... was, he, he, was a, he was a DJ as well, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, he was Noel 2.0. He was not. He doesn't... I mean, I... I can't believe I'm saying this, but he's no no. No, no, he's, he's no no. No, no. He doesn't no, have... no, 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 no. Mike no, Reed no, is no no. no. <laughs> yeah, he's not. Um, he's a cunt. I'll go, I'll go that far. Effectively, the formats of Swap Shop and Superstar are practically the same. Right. But what's interesting There's is. There's no swapping. No, but okay. you change just a few little elements in front of the camera and you see just, I mean, just how important Noel Edmonds was yeah, to Swap Shop. I can't believe we're saying because, this. No, because the thing you can say about Noel is, if nothing else, he does know how to work an audience. Like, you see him on House Party, or you see him doing anything live, and he can roll with the punches. He has a certain professionalism. He doesn't... There's an old police after us again. Uh... He does have a certain amount of, I don't get the joke sometimes, but... He does know how to work a crowd. Well, that, like we said before, that is his, that's his strength. It's working with public, the yeah. public, which it, he has. But he does. He doesn't come across as, as condescending as Mike Reed. No. Although I, he, you can see there is condescension. I, in no, I think the difference is that Noel can fake being interested in you. Yeah. Mike Reed yeah, it just can't. cannot yeah. fake no. any interest in anything other than the idea in his head of him wanking off Cliff Richard. Yeah, or whatever. With yeah. his lips. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like well, That's not called wanking off, mate. Well, you've, you've, just, you've crossed the line. Has he? Well, when you cross when you cross the line from hand to lip, you've gone from hand job to blow job. Yeah, why is it? Why is a wank a wank? But a blow job isn't a mouth wank. It's not a mouth wank because then you'd say what? What is a you so know, what is sex? The sex would just be a fanny wank, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or a bum yeah. wank? Yeah, or a bum wank. Or an ear wank? 
air wank. That's air wank. I used to get in the swimming pool. Right. Here we go. And the wave machine. Right. Yeah. And it would, I'd be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. and then I'd come like in the swimming pool. <laughs> oh no! But it was like before I started coming properly, so I just sort of have this orgasm. So what, without air came out. No, not like air. Bubbles of the air bubbles came out from your penis. No, it was like just a, like like a drowning puppy. I was just riding the. It was like the wave machine was wanking me off. I didn't touch myself. It was like this big, big orgasm building in my stomach, like a big oceanic. It was amazing. Anyway, Mike Reed. I hope I didn't spunk into the into the pool. I was a young boy. <laughs> Please don't cancel this podcast. This was Letchworth. Why would you cancel it? I wasn't touching it. You're the pool spoffer. I am not the pool spoffer. Here comes the pool spoffer, Burbler. He gets his wanks on a wave machine, Burbler. Excuse me, Mr. Lifeguard. <laughs> Stop rubbing like that. <laughs> so, that was the format, right? It was in Letchworth. Well, Le- I, I want to spend... I don't want to talk about... <laughs> especially the word Letch. Right. I want to spend less talking about Swap Shop here and more about Mike Reed. Yeah. Because Mike Reed seems to have formed the show around his comfort zone. Where it's like, yeah, 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 I'll speak to a kid on the line. Yeah, 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 I'll talk to David Icke for a five minutes. But what I really want is, is, me and, is me and Cliff Richard sitting on the couch having a nice chat. Did Cliff go on it a lot? A few times. Really? And didn't know this. Did you know though. Mike Reed wrote a Cliff Richard musical? Which was called... I don't know. I think it was called Cliff the Musical. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think he... Did it have Cliff in it? No. I think it was one of these things where someone like would play him. Like a jukebox musical. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so I remember that. It was on the Dominion, wasn't and it? And like, you know, when we saw that clip a minute ago of him singing with the, the guy from Dr. Hook and he sings like Cliff Richard. He's got that. Totally. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just a. Uh, uh, sort uh, of uh, a sort of Buddy Holly affected sort of. Yeah, rock what and roll is that singing. Cliff Richard sound? It is kind of Elvisy. But... Well, Cliff Richard was, yes, he was Britain's answer to Elvis, wasn't he? So it's kind of like a little a good bit singer. Elvis. Cliff Richard was a, is um, a, no, I'm is not a great con- voice. Yeah, I'm not, I actually have no... I mean, apart from a taste thing, I have no real yeah. problem no, with I mean, his singing style. No, I mean, his taste style. is fucking dreadful. Although, but, I mean, it's like... Although wide for sound, it's a stone-cold fucking that's a classic. Good, that's a good yeah. sound. Yeah. song. And so is Devil Woman. She's a devil woman. That's oh. classic. That's a good bit of pop, that. I bet when he wrote that, or he was agreed to sing, he was like, I can't, my reputation, I can't sing about the devil. I can't sing about the No, I think the it's devil. before it's before he got really super religious, I think. Wasn't that around the same time though? Wasn't like the idea of him being too saintly and, and always a bachelor. It was like part of that his his reputation began to split from good old innocent pop boy to slightly strange behaviour for a man who lives sort of, alone yeah. with a vicar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that Did he live character. with a vicar? Yeah, he lived with a, uh, him in a mutual relation you know, flat share with a vicar or something. All right, so he had a Although roommate. people started tapping their noses and winking at you when they mentioned it. Well the vicar's not allowed to have bum sex with Cliff Richard. I think all vicars or are any allowed kind to have, of sex. I don't think bum any, wanks, mouth wanks, wanks like any, we said. I don't I don't think vicars fingernail wanks. They often do. What about so hole in the sofa wank? In between the springs, bit of straw in there. So far, rub, so rub. good. <laughs> Sarah Green talking of wanking. No, no, we anyway, need to get to that. Right. Because, so Saturday Superstore, fine. It, you know, but I think it was built more around like pop music. Because you know, like Swap Shop was kind of parochial, village green almost feel yeah. of everything. This seems to be like Mike Reed, I'm only going to do this show if I can have Slade on this week and fucking Ultravox. Well, but we saw some clips there. We had people like Debbie Harry, uh, you know, Blondie and... Echo and the Bunny Men. People were just inappropriate. Very adults. Like we stars. said last week, yeah. where it's like, 
Blondie, you've got to get up at eight tomorrow and be at the studio. And, and, to, and get a kid going on the line going, Michael Blondie, you know what I mean? It's like, wow. Why are you? What's heart of glass all about? Yeah, you know, and what are its structural thematic relevances <laughs> to the terrible. new wave post punk movement? The phone in the Swap Shop had a phone in as well. Actually, I was watching this documentary that was on BBC Two years ago called uh, "It Began with Swap Shop" about the history of Saturday morning TV, mm. and they recreate the set, and Noel Edmonds is there, and they all come back thirty years later to whatever. But they say, and I didn't really think about this at the time, it was like it was the first show I think anywhere in the world that allowed you to call up and speak to Phil Collins or, you know, whatever. And it, and that, that interaction, the boundary breaking between celebrity yes. and, and, and public member. And that's to, now, do with, that's to do with the technology that was becoming available in terms of switchboards and stuff. And, you know, they could actually you put could it phone. Yeah. And, you know, you could get correspondence back and speak directly and be on the TV. Do they do that? At all anymore. I mean, you, you do have it on don't radio to, still, don't you? Have call-ins? Even radio, I think, suffers. I mean, I, talk, I work on talk radio. Yeah. And even in the few years I've been there, it's been harder to get people to call in. Really? Yeah, because people, people, are, people text more and sort of don't... It, it's, no, it's confusing. It, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting mix of how people engage in radio these days. It's about audience uh, demographics. It's about scheduling. Like, if you're doing a, a young show for young musicians and breakout artists on BBC radio, local radio, and then the next hour suddenly talk, you're asking the audience to shift. Yeah. And it's like, it takes hours for the audience to shift. Because yeah. 20 year olds were listening to the new band on. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like local council issues. Yeah. Parking. Yeah. And it's like, now you've got to talk. Yeah. Now we need you to talk. And like, it takes them a while. So, it is there, but I think Did, it, we're asked to do less engagement. It's funny, just the call in. I wonder if it will like completely disappear. Well, again, I don't there's even no need watch, to because you know I can go on right now to Duran Duran's Twitter account and say you're a bunch of bell ends. Send. You what know what happens? I mean? What happens if you turn BBC One on on a Saturday morning now at nine? Do you get kids? I have shows? actually no idea what's on. Do you know what I mean? Do you get kids shows? What do you get? Let's have a quick look. I actually don't know. Let's see what it says. BBC One in the morning. Well, right now, Winter Olympics from uh, nine in the morning until the afternoon. Uh, oh no! Wait there. That is was that on Saturday. Yeah, that was that was this Saturday just gone. It was is that win- what happened back in the day. It was a breakfast day? show, a, the BBC Breakfast with presenters and news and topics. It's not they don't have kids shows. No, they've got their separate channel for it now, don't they? Well, yeah, they also have that CBBS and the Nickelodeon all yeah. those channels. But I bet so the C- CBB shows don't have pop stars on anymore. It did still linger, but then the internet kind of destroyed all of that because it made those barriers between you and the celebrity thinner. Again, like I said, you don't have to call up Matt Bianco anymore and say you you're a just, bunch of wankers. You could, just, you could just go onto their Twitter account yeah. right now and do it. And, and in fact, I recommend everyone right now. Why? Find Matt Bianco and What's call him a done? wanker. I don't know, nothing. He's done nothing. He's probably a lovely there guy. Was, there was a great story actually in the press recently about the guy who called up Saturday Superstore to call Matt Bianco, Matt Bianco wankers okay. and apologised. Yeah, because that's what happened a lot. Because he was like, I was a kid and I was just a dick. Yeah, he's just pranking, you know? aren't you? I mean, I think I only know one Matt Bianco song, Get Out of That Lazy Bed. He was, <laughs> it was this weird sort of a neo-swing, jazz, uh, jazzy, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't weird. know what you want to call it, but electro-jazz pop or something. It's electro-swing sort of. No, it wasn't electro-swing, but it was... Get Out of That Lazy Bed slaps. Right. Yeah, I know, you played it to me, it is pretty good. Yeah, so here is Saturday Superstore's book. Now, there is an album that came out, a Saturday Superstore album, but it's nothing like the Tiz was one. It is literally like now eight. It's a. It's not. A, it's not um, original material associated no. with the show. It was just whatever was hot in the chart in nineteen eighty four. Just like a comp. A yeah. Comp, uh, yeah. And Mike Reed does a little yeah. bit of splurge on the front that just goes. Here's some of the hot yeah. songs I picked. Yeah. Because I'm so good at music. I'm so. But pop, 
But you're not. But you're not. The music sorry, you make no. is shit. You're a cunt as and well. And the music you don't like and is good. Also, I'll go so far as to say you're a bigot as well, Mike Reed. You bigot. Oh, yeah. You know, like, he released that UK Calypso song, UKIP Calypso. The pro-Brexit. Yeah, the anti, pro-Brexit. Anti-immigration anti- song. And, but and he did... also does it in a in a highly dubious uh, West Indian yeah. Calypso well, accent, doesn't which he? Which he said was only for flavour and wasn't meant to be racist. And it's like, well, no, you can't say that because the minute you affect that voice... And also, you're affecting the voice and it's the song is about not allowing immigrants. And then the yeah. people from the Caribbean... You know, were part of the British Empire, weren't they? They were subjugated. It's like you can't, you can't you have to, take you can't do from a, a, a culture. You can't and do then that. tell that culture to fuck off yeah, now that you've exactly. got it. Exactly. Even the, yeah, and it's just it's just in poor taste and just terrible sort of regurgitation of the worst kind of tabloid right wing. Well, nonsense. it's lazy. So I will say this though: Saturday Superstore didn't release an album. Did release a few singles. Uh, which we're going to get to later, but they released one called Two Left Feet, and I can't find sight or sound of that anywhere. It was released as a single with Keith Chagwin, Mike Reed, and I, th- I can't, I think it was Sarah Green, but it didn't chart. I've not seen their copies of it anywhere. It could, it might well turn up in a charity shop if somewhere. If you find it out there, buy it, send it to us. The PO box details are on our website. Um, let's just get into this book. What's it called? Two Left Feet. Two Left Feet. Yeah. yeah. There's a screen grab on a website that had a link to a, a music file. But it was an old flash file, so it doesn't work anymore oh. with a modern laptop. So, curious and curious. But if you can find us the link, I would like to hear it because you know there's other stuff like Mike Reed was in a post-pop punk band called uh, the Train Spotters, which is a, such a fucking typically Mike Reed yeah. name to call a punk band. Was called that High that Rise? Thing you that was High Rise. Yeah. So I'll play a little bit of it now. Yeah. But he's sort of complaining about high rises in a sort of again in a sort of snobby way. No, he's saying you know here's I mean? a bunch of people living in this high rise flat, right? And these are people I don't engage with, I've never met in real life, yeah. only really know about through the news or the Sunday sport. Uh, yes, that's what I mean. It's like a tabloid take. It's like look, it's like punching down on the poor who have to live in high yeah. rises. And but then it's punk, which is meant it was quite a working class sort of expression. reactionary thing. But it's more like you know, Jilted John. It's like, you know where Jill to John took the punk, but kind of turned it into this kind of a Sad, Adrian nerdy, Mole yes. thing? Yeah, it's great. Those are great. It's yeah. like he thinks he's jilted John, but doesn't understand the background to that character. And it's also like the underlying point he's making is a sort of backward-looking, every Englishman's house is his castle sort of attitude. Do you know what I mean? Which doesn't fit. It's not rebellious. It's yeah. pure sort of licking the establishment's arse, sort of. Do you know what I mean? His whole thing. It's, 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 it's sort it's, of... It's, like, again, it's like the UKIP Calypso. It's, yeah. He's taking some other one's style of music that he has no association with or understanding of. And yeah. And, you know... Doing a sort of bigoted, sort of pro-establishment sort of message with it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just... Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's trading on other people's identities yeah. for his own fucking work. Yeah. Even with Cliff Richard. 
It's like just doing music, like that Maybe I'm Wrong song. It's a little bit ELO, a little bit Cliff right. Richard, a little bit of everything. And it's like, what, what original things do does, you have? He isn't an original artist. Look at this picture, first page. Just his whole look. That shirt is the beyond the most 80s thing I've ever seen and in my life. And he's doing the finger guns, which is the worst oh. thing you can do. I think in that picture, what he's really saying is, where were you born in this country? Because you've got dark skin. It's got that look to it. Mate, some of the clips we saw, what, no, it's fucking Chegwin, where there was an Asian girl and girl he couldn't, he couldn't pronounce, uh, her name. Hadn't pronounce her name. And then he said, that sounds like... Something you cook, scrape off your feet. Oh, so, did he? Yeah, he said it sounds like something you get scraped off your feet because it sounded like carbuncle or something. It sounded something. a bit like Veruca. Yeah. And so he goes, oh, it sounds like... Uh, it, sounds like, like a, it sounds like a skin disease you get on your foot, did it? But this that's woman's what name, Chegwin. Like, that, that, that's what a presenter happens in his head when they don't know how to react or what to say to get them out of this awkward situation. So they make a shit joke based on a very lazy stereotype. And the fact that it's just that it's it's foreign sounding. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, I, I should Terrible. mention that guy's website on YouTube, the guy who um, has those clips on. Is it Keith Millard? Um, I don't know, mate. Uh, anyway, he has a, a bunch of little videos about Swap Shop and Saturday Superstore and, and Barry Moore. Was his video, did he have his video about the James Wells show? Yeah. It, you want to see channel. something fucking dark? Um, that is just so, so atrocious. I need to just... I used to watch that as well. Get stuffed, then James Whale. That vi- Stuart Millard is his name. Stuart Millard. Go see his YouTube channel. There's loads of videos about the stuff we're talking about today. But traditionally, telly's most awkward moment is the viewer phone call. These were a massive part of Saturday mornings, giving us gold like this. Is it Arcut Usus? Yes. Have I pronounced it correctly? Yes. No. Yes. The double S at the end. No, F S F F F. F. Yes, oh, double F, like, yes. like for Freddy. F for Freddy. Glad that's cleared up. Yes. I'll make sure no, they get it right. Us. One F, one that's F. Right that's right. I'm yes. pleased about that. You know what, Mike? Just say it backwards for no reason. Tukrat is the other way around. Tukyaf Suzla. That's a great name. Where do you come from, Arkut? Palmer's Green in London. Oh, I see. <laughs> Open the borders, let them all come in. Illegal immigrants in every town. Evidently, yakking away on the phone is a great way to run out the clock. I don't know why I had an imaginary friend, but we used to go on imaginary cycle rides together. And my imaginary cycle always had drop handlebars. So I'd always be walking around going like that. And if anyone saw you, they must have thought you were potty, walking around saying, come on, Fred, come on, Fred, keep up. They must have thought I was a loony. I think I used to sort of, uh, I used to go around with Rupert Bear a lot and people like that, you know. It was all in here. <laughs> I used to have boxing matches with my teddy bear, and I always won. I think I, think I punched all the fur off him in the end. All right, thanks for your call anyway. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, small calls later and I'll call. What was that Vietnam, Vietnam, American Vietnam drama? Long running. Dallas. No, Vietnam, set in Vietnam. Mash. No. I was going to say that's 80s Korean War. One. And it had, Paint It Black was the theme song. I don't know. Why Why are we talking about this? That always used to come on. When? After James Well show. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, Grandad. Focus. <laughs> I can't focus. <laughs> so this book that we've got is very similar to the Swap Shop book in terms of like design and layout. And it's articles about behind the scenes and front of scenes. But there are a few more things in it, which, oh, God. It's like he, he doesn't prizes... look as happy as Noel did with his dogs and stuff. No, does because he? he's disinterested. He doesn't have animals. He's disinterested. And he's uncomfortable around celebrities who he'd rather be friends with than interviewing. And also, he's not very good with kids. He's no, no, he's not, not good with anyone. He's just not very good presenter. Well, How did Mike he get a Reed. career? 
Well, because was he good on radio? radio? Presenters are reasonably kind of. Um, self-sufficient. He must have had something, some competence as a as a no, he had, he as can DJ. Have competence, but when you work in a bubble and your job is to talk into a mic when the red light comes on and play a track, it's like you build your own identity within that two or three hour radio. Right. Show. And so he's out of his depth when he gets onto the he's telly. He's out of his yeah. depth when he's asked to speak to members of the public, or children, pop stars. Well, no, or different, lots of different people. I think he took the job because it's like you get to meet books first. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you get to meet doctors. He's definitely he's a frustrated musician isn't he yeah because there's like there was the pop panel wasn't there where all the guests sat around and reviewed pop videos where they all went well I don't really know because here's the other thing what can they say apart from the edgy musicians because all the rest of them have to keep their careers so I would love to know the backstage wrangling of well we can't play that video because Banana Rama on that label as well so if they slag that band yeah, off yeah. then we go you know what I mean like, there must have been a certain amount of Politics, that going on yeah. uh, so there's a cliff uh, there's a thing about Keith Chegwin going out and about and doing road show Chegwin, stuff I, I just can't forgive Chegwin for being so racist I don't even think it's racist. I just think I it's, mean, that, it is. it's that insecure, not that, know what to say. Your name sounds like something you'd scrape off. Like, he wouldn't say that to a white woman. No, he wouldn't, because he could say Karen's name. He could say yeah, that's Julia's what I mean. name. It's, it's Maggie's name. Yeah. You know, often drunk, howling at the street, up into a window at two in the morning, and she's locked the door because <laughs> he came home a bit too late. Right. So, this all these... got way out of there. So, Maggie Philbin left. Sarah Green came in. Uh, there was a little bit of hangover with uh, Sarah Craven. Because Craven hung about to do some new stuff. Oh, still. really? Well, Craven's yeah. a likeable man, isn't he? And then the book kind of sums up what's happened. There's a thing about David Dyke riding a bike to raise some money and not do a hike. There's a lot of rhyming. I didn't really mean that to rhyme. It's just that's the thing. He goes, he was working with special needs kids and realised it, it made him That angry. the Queen is a lizard. The Jewish space lizard, yes. Yeah, he <laughs> that's what he realised that. Obviously, because they had jabs when they were kids or something. Back then, he just thought, wasn't it sad that these special need kids don't have the opportunities in sport and recreation? Let's raise some money. Something I think these days he would think was a uh, horrible alien Jewish lizard conspiracy designed to uh, fundamentally uproot democracy in this world and leave us open to attack from our alien overlords. Yes. There's a picture here that someone's drawn, which looks like the Queen's Miracle album of all the cast drawn together. Wow, that's pretty good drawing. Pretty good drawing, but Craven's got the biggest head there. Oh, no, and he... He's kind of flattened Sarah Green's face in a sort of weird way. Weirdly, in a kind of pie. Well, it's, you know. It's, way. So Mike I couldn't Reed, draw people. I couldn't draw someone's face that well. So Mike Reed on the radio station, how does he get up and it, then it breaks into... So, so I, let me read you this. This is apparently what Mike Reed wrote about his daily day as a radio presenter doing breakfast show stuff. Right, so 5.01, waking up from an unlikely dream, panic-stricken. Have I not heard the alarm and have overslept? 5.02. Realise I haven't. Settle down for a quick 15-minute snooze, but failed to pick up that dream where I left off. And I never got to speak to her. Oh, wipe the cum off the fucking crusty pillow. 5.15. Lady's voice whispers in my ear. Time to get up. It's the operator with my alarm call. Pity they don't come around and do breakfast as well. And cob me off. And wear a like, tiny little skirt in a bit of... Yeah, why can't shirt. they come out with a bra on and fucking cob me off? Why can't some fucking dinner lady come yeah. over here with a full English and then fucking <laughs> sit on my face while I waggle my tongue? As long as she's not foreign. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? As long as I know what where she was fucking born. Fucking cunt Mike Reed is. Anyway, 5.15, Noddy and Big Ears, backup alarm goes off. I throw it into the nearest pile of socks. Oh, fuck off. 5.32, throw myself out of bed and attempt to squeeze just one more 
brush full of out of my right, empty toothpaste. Right, I see. Squeeze I one yeah. more drop yeah. full oh, of my spunk out of my fucking knobbing. weeping meters. <laughs> uh, what else? <laughs> and then, like, fucking come back, Noel. All he, is forgiven, he man. He spends three entries, time entries, explaining how to make tea. Like, 5.33, put tea in bag, boil kettle. Oh, fuck Five off. Four, is he, He's a tea Nazi, I bet, as well. Like. Uh, we, oh, that, Paul, that reminds me. We have to do the tea test. Yeah, we'll do that one week in the future. Okay. We've got a tea experiment lined up. Thrilling and stuff. It, and it could be very iconoclastic and break people's minds. Anyway, 6.35, get into Broadcasting House, exchange unlimited banter with commissioners. What does that mean? He goes, oh, you can't. I exchange unlimited banter. It's unlimited. It's uncensored. Banter. What he means is he talked and they walked off while he was mid-sentence because they were tired of listening to his inane fucking, fucking middle shit. shit. Um, up in a lift, right? He's in a lift. That now. is a punishing schedule, though. You arrive. You arrive at six thirty. Bloody hell! Uh, so he talks about threatening to get his guitar out on his radio show. Oh God, he's always threatening to get his fucking guitar out. Oh, it's even there, eight thirty-four between a song, I pick up a guitar and strum a few chords. Shut up, Mike! You're not a professional musician. Why can't you be happy? You get to present telly, you know. Uh, exchange pleasantries with Tom, our commissioner who extols the virtues of Doris Day and Howard Keel. I nod wisely and promise to play him a Howard Keel track as soon as possible. Who's Howard Keel? I don't know. Then Keith Chegwin's got a fucking horse. There's that. There's uh, handwriting. There's stamps. How to make a kite. More quizzes. Another fucking picture of him. With a guitar. He just, he can't stop. He fucking can't stop. With Noel, here's a He's picture so of me. He's so uncool, though. I don't, did kids like him? I don't think they did. Yeah. I think they liked him because maybe he hosted a telly show. But yeah. outside of that, I don't think there was any love between him and the audience. Did he? And look, he went on to do the pop quiz after Mike this. Reed's pop quiz, which we did a couple of weeks back, featured on the show with a board game, yeah. didn't we? Uh, but here's the thing. It's like, Noel Edmonds in these books. Here's me with a cow and a helicopter and a tractor and a lamb and a dog. Mike Reed, I've got me guitar. I've only got me guitar. And uh, he writes hello chums when he signs things. Like he's a character in the Beano. Like he's a Bass Street kid. And then we've got a dog. There's some weird stories in there. Like they've written characters. Like all the characters from Swap Shop in like Sherlock Holmes adventures. Which for me seems like it's padding this book out considerably. Dickens pastiche with Sarah Green and all that playing characters. They used to have a Silver Broom Award. Did you remember? Do you know that? Silver Broom Award. I do remember that. Why do I remember that? Because kids would nominate their janitor in their school. And the best janitor would get a Silver Broom. It literally was the best school janitor. Yeah. that's quite cool isn't it i mean mr jones doesn't mind being teased when the mice got in the cupboard our brave caretaker took them outside great do you know like a chicken would just eat a mouse if it saw it my janitor mr staples listens to our problems and has things to wipe up after accidents he gets our bounty balls off the roof that sounds loaded with fucking problems howard keel was in pagan love song don't know it from 1950 three guys named mike don't know that showboat you know that the musical yeah so he's a singer he's an actor singer so, but he's not primarily known for uh, being an original pop artist. No, he's just some old. It's like you know, some old movie oh, star. Oh, mate! And here's the here's the bit of this. I don't want to get. I don't want to be too grotty about this. Sarah Green, we both want. Oh, fucking look at that picture of Sarah Green, She's... and you tell me that she is not. I told you about that porn we had at the back of that looked like her. Yeah. In the shower, and I used to think of it was her. And you know what though? It's like. Out of everything of Superstore, she comes out of that unscathed. Because fucking <laughs> Chegwin. You idolise Green, don't you? Ike became a fucking psychopath. Mike Reed became a massive fucking stuck-up middle-class Tory Bigots, racist. Yeah. 
You've got fucking John Craven, who, to be fair, might be a lovely man. I've not heard of him. No, he I'm is. Sure he's he's lovely. He probably did. He did Country File for a while. Didn't he did. He? He's so Where, nice. So wow. Sarah Green. Was a Blue Peter presenter, became Saturday Superstore, and then went on to going live with Philip Schofield, where they cemented one of the greatest double acts of children's TV of all time. Who, her and Mike Smith? Who, no, her and Philip Schofield were the... Oh, most, of course. One of the most iconic double acts. Well, they acts. worked together, didn't they? Yes. Richard and Judy, pa! And Diamond and Nick, whatever his name is, fuck off! Yeah. Schofield and Green. It's all about Schofield well, I mean, and Green. We the connoisseurs, time. yeah. Yeah. The connoisseurs, They yeah. literally took what had happened in Su- Superstore and went... We could do this fucking better. And they did. And live was the cream of the 80s. If anyone hasn't picked up on this already, both myself and Paul think that Sarah Green is fucking hot stuff. I think she's beautiful. Yes, she is. Definitely. I'm not going to take that away from her. But also, she's the best on screen when it came to being a presenter. She had a very good, yeah. She had a very good atmosphere. She put up with quite a lot of of, uh, fun. And sort of uh, she could a roll, light touch. She could roll way. with the punches yeah, a lot yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a lot no, more game for silliness. Great, great presenter. I agree. Funny, talented. And next to Mike Reed, just so much better. Yeah, you right. see the pictures of when like Mike Reed says something awkward. And you can tell she's going, I'm going to have to save this yeah, now. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to do something that offsets yeah, yeah. this awkward moment. It's funny as well, because I've been writing my book, right? And it's funny that Ghostbusters, right? <laughs> and my love of the supernatural have Sarah Green appear twice in my timeline. One is because on Saturday Superstore, she showed the clip of Ghostbusters. She presented that clip. She did a movie thing, and here's a clip of Ghostbusters coming out later in the year. And so it was through her that I saw my first ever Ghostbusters clip, the famous scene with Slimer sliming Peter Bateman in the hotel. That was the the clip that they showed, isn't it? That was the first piece of Ghostbusters I ever saw. And was like, I want to know more. Also, I love Sarah Green. (laughs) But also, fast forward a decade, she's starring in Ghostwatch. Oh, of course. She yeah. was starring as herself in one of the best things the BBC ever did. Yes. All I'm saying is Sarah Green has been part of my childhood on two very special occasions. Three, but we're not talking about that because it's sticky mess. Oh, you wanked it. I did. I did. When I was when I first realised I was admitting fluids. In the swimming fluids. pool? No. I did it like Wave every machine. other normal kid, hidden under my bunk bed. Wave machine? No. I was, in, on, yeah. I was under no, my... No, you can, don't have to lie to me. Do you want to know my first wank? My first wank was under my captain's bunk bed. In the dark. Your captain's bunk bed? Yeah, captain's bunk. You know, it's like a bed on the top, but like a, a desk underneath and a cabinet. Is that, is that known as a captain's bunk bed? Yeah, captain's bunk. I had one of those. Yeah, they were fucking great. But, I, you know, that little negative space underneath, I turned it into a den with pillows and underneath stuff. Underneath the desk? Yeah. Right. Because there was the bed and yeah, the desk, and but the desk behind below, it, there was like yeah. this space and ours was up against the wall. So I had right. this little special cavern, which became... The wank it, cavern. It became yeah. my wank cave. Yes. yes. It was where I would go to discover myself and see what this strange feeling was that happened when I rubbed myself to fruition. I got it off the wave machine in Letchworth Leisure Centre. Yeah, well, apparently a lot of people got it off the wave machine as well. <laughs> I, got the, I didn't come. There was no physical coming. It There's was, some jokes on this. It's just a funny feeling in my belly. Um, where oh, was jokes, the, small jokes, yay! Where was the Magna Carta signed? On the bottom of the last page? Yeah, exactly that. Well played. Very good response. Um, is that what it says? Yeah. Right, okay. How do you cure a kangaroo of appendicitis? Uh, you um, you have to take it to a, a veterinary hospital and get a, a qualified surgeon to remove its appendix. That's before, exactly what it before says before here. It, before it um, dies of insecticide. Uh, uh, blood poisoning. <laughs> yeah, I don't is know. that what it says? No, it says um, uh, give it a hopperation. Oh, my fucking word. Give us another joke. I'll give like you this. one because these are all really fucking awful. My, oh, it's not really a call. My sister fell down the stairs. I say, I say, I say. How did your sister fall down the stairs? 
No, it's not that kind of joke. I say, no, I say, I say. What happened to your sister? She crossed me and I pushed her. <laughs> no, my sister fell down the stairs. Friend I... says, seller? No, I think we can get it mended. Oh, that's... What animals jump higher than the Blackpool Tower? When I chucked a cat off it. No, all of them. Because the Blackpool Tower can't jump. <sighs> well, and there's interviews here with Nick Sorry, Kershaw I wouldn't, I wouldn't, Howard Jones. I wouldn't chuck a cat off, the, off anything. There's a page no, about I love, I love I love cats. There's I love page, animals. Yeah. Oh, there's a page about sea facts. I like dogs. Can I? You don't like dogs. No, I don't. I'm you a like cat cats. Person. Yeah, we're both cats. Do you want to look at the sea facts? I just want to look at the book, please, Paul. All right, let me just make sure there's Come nothing on, in here got, I want to talk got, about. We're coming up to the, the judgment, the showdown itself. Oh, wait, there's one Tell more me. page of Mike Reed's collection of jukeboxes. I mean, he would. He would have a collection of jukeboxes. Every single per. This is the thing, you're right. No Letman's every picture. He's like, hey, I'm happy to be here. Ho, oh, I'm playing my part. Everyone of Mike Reed is like, must I really? Must I have to? Do I have to? Must to really? Look at him with these old VHSs sitting on top of his jukeboxes. He is just he's just coasted on the hard work of other radio presenters that have done similar he's things. He's kind of stuck in the moment he discovered rock and roll in the 50s as well, isn't yeah. he? You know what I mean? He, he's, he's stuck, stuck in that kind of what? Um, Terrible haircut and those glasses. I didn't have much of an opinion on Mike Reed until recently. Then we started doing like all these episodes. I know, because he was he kind of doesn't... Because he, he was... A, he's he was a unmemorable, footnote. wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's part of that whole thing where it's like him and Bruno Brooks and Alan Davies. Are like They were kind of the second tier Radio 1 presenters that kind of just farted out out of yeah. radio to do Top of the Pops every now and then or whatever. Yeah. Russell Grant. Is he that uh, the uh, astrologer? Yeah. What a cunt. Yeah. Why does he always pop up in everything? Because he, he was in everything everywhere. in the 80s, yeah. He was in fucking everything, wasn't oh, he? Oh, mate, we've got to cram this in. We've got to cram this in. All right, we've got to cram this in now. Right. So... To end on. Sarah Green had a real style about her. She was fucking stunning and yeah. looked cool. Even with yeah. all the 80s fucking mass upon yeah. her. Even with all of that. But look, we're going to end this segment because there was a song released outside of the theme tune, which was called Down at the Superstore. And it sounded like this. You need to find a place where you can make some friends. Get out of swap shop but they also released a song because they had a puppet on the show called crow which i think came in the second or third season and it was a scout's puppet which they hated and then uh he put out a single yeah they put out a single called geronimo geronimo g-e-r-i-n-m-i-o and it sounds god it sounds just like this hi and welcome to madison square garden in new york city are you having a good time out there well, let's give a great big New York welcome for the one, the only, Mr. Crow! 
wants to know if he can come to the gig tomorrow night. Yeah, of course he can. But I tell you what, he likes to pay. Now, this didn't chop very a, highly either. That No, that's what's known as a uh, terrible novelty uh, Bruce Springfield. Is that his name? Steen. Bruce Bruce Springsteen. Springfield? Because Simpsons. Bruce it? Springfield? What am I talking about? I don't know. Do Bruce... I, I've been, I do it all the time. Welcome to my mouth. <laughs> welcome to <laughs> uh, my mouth. Uh, Eli. Eli, welcome to my mouth. <laughs> you, no, you don't say it like that, do you? Oh, 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 oh. Welcome to my mouth. Thank you for coming in. Chud! 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 <laughs> no more chud! No more chud! To the chud! I'm, right. I'm talking on chud! Now. Here uh, comes the wave machine! The wave machine. Now. That is... I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I said a lot of things you should, today. You should apologise. Um, that crow, is it to Bruce Springsfield? Yeah. Springsteen. This didn't chart very highly. I think it got to like number 80 or something Bruce. in the charts. Oh, which still beat Kim Goody. Which must really be calling. <laughs> I don't think she thinks about that. No, no. Um, and it's not, you know what? It's not the worst song it's I've ever fucking, seen. It's fucking bad. Yeah, but it's not the worst I've ever heard no. of this type. But just like these, so many of these novelty uh, records from that era, Paul, it has a blues on the B side, doesn't it? The B side, We what do we do? We'll just be meta and self referential. Comment on the fact that it's a B-side. And do a blues. And do a blues because it's easy, isn't it? says here is that it's produced by Jeff Revel and Mr. Crow, engineered by Nick Smith. Big thanks to the Crowlets, the Treetop Horns, the Crowbars, and Crow's Roadie, Mickey Rook. A special thank you to Mar- Mary Edwards and CB for all their inspiration, care of the Puppet Factory. So this was the independently released and not really anything to do with the BBC. Even the label is just WEA, which I don't know what that is. Well, it's a huge group. Yeah, it was what Atlantic and Warner Brothers and all of them. That was like a, it all joined. Weird that, that it's not a uh, BBC record though. Yeah, very strange because it was fr- it was literally from a from the show. 
Yeah. He was on the show. But there's no mention of the Superstore on the record, is there? No, absolutely no. not. But apart from the logo, which obviously used the same font, the Crow and stuff, and Saturday, and the Geronimo. Oh, you, oh uses yeah. Uses the same font. And the same colour. Yeah. So, oh, how interesting. So it catches your eye in that way, but not necessarily has to But they to couldn't, go. because the, it was, the BBC can't sell a commercial product like that, can they? Or, oh, yeah. I mean, no, they can't. That's, that's why they have BBC Worldwide for and that BBC day Records and Tapes. Yeah. But why, didn't only... it, why wasn't it put out by BBC Record and Tapes, I wonder? I would argue what happened is the guy who made the puppet and everything got a deal... And so they did it independently, created an independent label, and said we're not going to mention blah. the superstore on it. But and, but that could have hurt the hurt the prospects for the single. Perhaps if they branded it more of as a superstore thing, it might have sold better. Maybe who knows? Because it disappeared without a trace. Eighty. That's I like that. Can I put it in my collection of novelty records? Yes, of course you can have it in your. It's novelty. proper shit. That. Yeah, you can have Mike Reed tell me. No, I'm I don't wrong want as that. Well. No, I you've got to have both. I do not want it's the a Mike two Reed. For one. I don't want that. It's Mike a two Reed. for one. If you wanna, if Have you, you wanna, played some of that Mike Reed song? Yeah, we played a bit of everything. But well, no, I don't shit. think we need to play Tell Me I'm Wrong, because we did it a few episodes ago. Well, two years ago. We're not doing it again. How no, dare it's you? it's terrible. I mean, it's um, terrible. We've played Geronimo and the Cliff song and the theme tune. That's enough. Oh, right. That's enough. I is think. it time for the showdown now? I think it is time now to announce what we think is the winner based on their merch and legacy. So join us after this short commercial break. Everybody. No, stop saying everybody. Everyone who is here is here. Oh, no, we're all here. Welcome to my mouth. <laughs> Catch a passing elephant around the Merigo Zoo. Paddle with the penguins and meet the giraffe too. Then join the treehouse family living in the trees. Those treetops have a playground. Could we see it, please? They're springing off the springboard and seeing down the saw. That treehouse playground is such fun. They'll all be back for more. Merigozoo, Treehouse, and New Treehouse Playground. It's discovery time from Palatoy. Mainline trains are getting closer and closer to the real thing. Now they've got electronic steam sound built in. Steam sound sets from Mainline Railways. You'll flip over Guess Who, a great family game. Pick a card, then use all your powers of deduction to guess who. Does the mystery person have blue eyes? Wear glasses, a hat. Is it Tom, Robert, Anne, or Bill? No, it's Claire! You'll flip over Guess Who from NB Games. Right. To signify the end of this episode, Eli just ripped off a big, big, dirty fart. No, I did not. sounded like someone slitting a cow's throat. And no, it, it now stinks in here of the most acrid of no, bodily it smells. It does. I can smell it. You're lying. I'm not lying. Don't lie. Why I'm do you have to lying. lie? I'm not lying. Why do you have to besmirch I'm me? I'm sitting in your arse fog and I don't like it. And then bring it to people's attention so you're becoming more self No one needs to know that. And they know. Right, and it's they don't it's need not to know. true. But I'm telling them. It's so not they true. Can, they have a peek inside the world of pain I, I live in. I can smell your fingernails. Yeah? What do they smell like? Camembert. No. <laughs> so, Horse. Two episodes, two 90-minute segments. It's now time to finally pick the winner. Now, uh, last week I did a poll on Twitter to ask people what they thought was the best. I, I said one that. I said swap shop. Can tis I swap. have this, this Sarah Green picture? No. I'll just pull it But out. I will take a photograph of it and send it to you if you need it. Did you for... see there's one of, of her on a bed as well in here? Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I can't. <laughs> I can't get an erection in front of you right now. <laughs> All right, don't. I don't want Fine. to. So, but also, you put the book down so you don't get an erection in front of me. Oh, why do giraffes have long necks? Don't know. So they can get away from their smelly feet. 
I Take another were... pass on that gag, everybody. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Just let's throw it into the <laughs> yeah, writer's room. You know what I mean? Right, so Jesus. I said to them, what is the best? Swap shop, tis was... Saturday Superstore or number 73, right? And do you want I to know what poll, I think? I ran the poll for three days, and we got 208 votes. Okay. Right. Not Who do you bad. think won? Tiz was. Okay. Here is the actual results. Now, it's difficult because based on Twitter, you don't know what the demographic of people voting is, whether people saw it well, and That's not the point. It. No, I know, but what I'm saying you think is... You'd the, the people who voted had an opinion, so would have seen You'd like to think, yeah. but you know what the internet's like? People often vote without having an opinion. Well, it's very easy, want. isn't it? You yeah. just sort of tick a box. I mean, So best, I put, so Swap Shop came out at 24%. Tiz was 27%. Yeah. Saturday Superstore, 9%. Number 73, 39%. It's loved. It is 39, the more... It came out on top of well, this I was pod. wrong. I stand corrected. Uh, people, so, Some comments underneath. Uh, Alex said he only watched number 73 when Frank's side bottom was on. Mm. Uh, Starbuck says, definitely tis was. But if I had to choose now, I would pick Dick and Dom in the bungalow. Uh, I guess that's a generational thing. There was also Saturday Starship. Dick and Dom in the bungalow. Was that it, whole... it was a pretty good BBC. It was way after my time. Right. But it was a pretty good uh, Saturday morning show. That, but it was the same format. Same like the format. Long thing with Dick cartoons. and Dom hosted it. Right. Silliness. Um, and there was also a show called Saturday Starship with Tommy Boyd that was presented that I think was around the same time as number 73. Okay. Saturday Banana and stuff like that. Um, what was the other comments I saw? Um... Someone said they were part of the Wackaday going live generation, which is true. The Wide Awake Club came just after or just in the middle of all of this. I think it was around when these were sort of, uh, when 73 and Superstore were coming into their last few years. Yeah. I think Wackaday and all that sort of started to happen. Was, it then, was weaving in and out, yeah. It overlapped and, and outlived all of these, didn't it? Well, yeah, because it went it into was, the it 90s. Was, well, because it was a weekday show, Wackaday, as opposed to a weekend show. But, okay, but it was just, it was kids. It was like a kid's... Well, it was Timmy Mallet, wasn't yeah. it? And Michaela Strachan and Tommy Boyd and yeah, stuff. Strachan. And just... <laughs> Sorry. She released a song as well. I know. Uh, radio. What was it called? Project Radio or something? It ha- was not very radio. good. Happy Radio. Happy Radio. It, which is a cover of a Motown song, right? Like a Temptation song. Which, as we discussed a little while ago, like I seen a lot of people just did horrible 90s Casio remakes well, of Motown. Well, I mean, the hits. Motown covers were huge. It was a huge trend in the 80s. Yeah. Think of Can't Hurry Love. Can't Hurry Love by Phil, Phil Collins. Collins. Probably yeah. the biggest hit cover Motown cover yeah and that was all part of that baby boomer thing as well where the baby boomers remembering their nostalgia yeah which is what our generation's fucking doing now with shit like Star Wars and things in the yeah. 80s where it's like Phil Collins going oh do you remember the 50s and 60s when things were tough and you know Z cars and stuff yeah. is the equivalent of fucking some cunt now going oh Star Wars I know. precious Star Wars I... don't touch my Star Wars loophole says I was always a swap shop kid Tis was was too cluttered and unruly for me at the time. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, we all know that fucking loophole online. I have a stamp collection and a you know what I mean? selection of Hornby trains. You like sets. order. Yeah. You like order. Stu Pickford says Tis was was wild. Fair enough. It was. Uh, David I... Glover says going live and or get fresh. That fuck was up. the other appeasing one. Come on. No, tis going was... live was good. It shits all over them. Tis no. was shits all over them. No, but even them. Tis was was sloppy to the point that I think of, that... of proper danger. Doesn't necessarily it was mean rock it was and the roll. Best, What's the most rock and roll of these? Tis was easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so someone says, "Oh, I don't know any of them because I'm too young to know the references." Uh, fine. CPC Retro says Saturday Superstore. I won the silly sound competition, winning a kazoo and talking to Keith Chegwin. Yes, 
you do deserve a kazoo for talking to Keith Chagwin and a tetanus shot. And then someone goes, if un- Uncle Mentor says, if someone doesn't vote for Tiswas, A, they're wrong, and B, is cruising for a flanning. I have to agree with Uncle Mentus on that. So here's what we're going to do, me and you right now. Based on the legacy of these shows, based on the merchandise, based on everything, what is the best of the Saturday morning shows in our showdown? Eli, I'm going to let you pick. Think like best of the worst. You know, Red Letter Media. Pick the best of the Saturday morning showdown. Well, I think it has to be Tizwas. Even though I do find the LP annoying to listen to. Right. I think it's just the most fun. And the most like creatively verdant. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most fun. The proper a proper feeling of anarchy and danger, which I don't think any of the other shows really, only when they were fucking up. With Tizwas, it's like it's going right when it's fucking pure chaos. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? It's like this but. is what we're trying to get. And they harness that that chaotic energy of live TV yeah. in a way that really works for the show, makes it exciting. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think any of those other shows really got that. Not yeah. in the same way. but that Superstore be... especially is just fucking shit. No, mate, okay, so if I'm going to... 73, I just find boring. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just yeah, find yeah. it boring and cringy. Um, the merch, though. The books Swap Shop. Like... If I was going to go for number two, it would be Swap Shop. So I'd, I'd have... Tears was Swap Shop. What then? 73. And then Superstore. Superstore. I mean, Superstore's just despicable. Superstore was like a stopgap until we got the glory of going live. Yeah. You know what I mean? When it is like, they turfed out. Superstore, yeah. It's like all the old guard. It was all very tired and shit, wasn't it? All right. So Eli picks that. I'm going to pick bottom Saturday Superstore. I mean, we both agree on that. It's a lesser version of Swap Shop on all levels. Yes. What saves it is effectively Sarah Green, Sarah Green. And, the cream, and the cringe factor. Yeah. Which makes it a curio to watch. Now, I'm going to put videos to uh, some episodes of Swap Shop and the Tiswas revival that happened in the early 2000s as well when they did a new episode of Tiswas. Is that good? I never saw it, so well, I'm going to, it's put, on YouTube. Put so a, link put a link to an actual uh, original Tiswas episode. I will put episode. links to as many clips okay. of, of note on the page for this episode. Okay. So if you go to the thecheapshow.co.uk, look for Showdown Part 2. There'll be a page there of images and also video clips of Swap Shop and Tiswas. What Tiz was the Tiswas revival like? It was just like, uh, uh, it was just them doing, it was like the Swap Shop revival where it was just like... Did they, they do a Swap Shop revival yeah, as well? For one night only, did a few hours, two hours of TV where they kind of recreate a few of the things they oh, did okay. but also talked about it in a kind of conversational interview way as well. A retrospective. Yeah. More than a recreation if that yeah. makes more sense. So here's my so here's my list. Bottom. Superstore. Dog shit. Sorry. Weak piss. Then number 73. Then Tiz was. But the only reason I'm putting Tiz was is because it meant less to me as a kid. Well, because I couldn't see it. Oh, no, it was very early on, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, but it is the progenitor, like we said, of all of this. Yeah, but for me, number one is Swap Shop. That was your... It, it, there's something that's more, your special place. I would say that, no, because again, I didn't know Swap Shop all that much. I'm coming into kids' TV at this time around about 73 and Superstore. And 80, me growing 83. up... Uh, yeah, and me growing up watching number 73 was more common than Superstore. Tis was oh, and Swap Shop. Sorry, I thought you were referring to the year there. Yeah, so, Swap Shop and Tis was something I had to come back to older when they were showing clips on yes. the TV or whatever. Yeah. But now I can step back and look at it and look at all the merch. And it's like, well, they had the pop songs and all those books and the Tis was, I mean, if you're looking just at the media, Tis was had some really good things. Yeah, well the t shirts and the album, the, the a concept album, yeah. effectively. Essentially, you know, yes. And the annual was pretty much well classier. Put together. Much classier than anything else. Like that fucking Crow record or Mike Reed's terrible record. Yeah. Or, you know, no, I mean, no, no, no. I'm, you know, number 73 didn't leave that much of a footprint culturally outside it of the book, the logo of the door. The badge. And, the best thing about 73 has got to be that badge. Yeah. And, 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 and Sandy Toxvic. 
is part of that legacy. So did the badge become something like the Blue Peter badge where it was sort of um, yeah, you coveted? Just, yeah, because you couldn't get it by just buying the shop. It right. You had to have been on the show or had a letter read, read out on the show or something. And Jim will fix it. No, you had to get more hands-on with Jim will fix it. Uh, no, I mean, generally, you had to you know, on be on show. a roller coaster and eat ice cream yeah, yeah, before yeah. you got one. Yeah. You know? Or That's what I mean, give though. someone the keys to a mortuary. <laughs> Maybe you got a badge that way. Was that you? Do you look at that every night in your little cigar box that you hid under the stairs and go, I shouldn't have accepted that. Jim will fix it badge. All I'm saying is a lot of these TV shows had sort of coveted uh, badges or or medallions in the the case of Jim Uh, will fix it. And, you know, uh, that was what made it stand out. But ultimately, I am going to go with Swap Shop. I think the iconography of it is important. I think what it did, because Tiswas didn't have, you know, people phoning in to speak to guests. No. And stuff like that. So Swap Shop was interactive. It was too wet. The stage would have been too wet for electronics. There's so much flan flying there's around. There's no focus. There's not enough focus, I think. Uh, that's what I like. That, in- that proper sort of chaos. Which is what we do on this show. Yes. And on Digitizer. To a certain extent. So we are more of the gene pool of, of Tiz was, definitely. But I think I respect Swap Shop for what it actually did to live TV, for kids' TV, for the interaction between celebrities and kids, to the the, the travelling roadshow element. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It just left. It was... It, it did launch Noel. When uh, you think of the 70s as a British person, part of that nostalgia is Swap Shop. Okay. Tiz was, I agree with, but Tiz was was so niche to certain regions yes. that it couldn't have had the same popular impact well, as Well, I Swap think it Shop. started to in the early 80s, just before it sort of stopped. Yeah. It got it's certainly why I remember it. But I think my distant memory of it was the last season when it was shown once on Granada, one Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So I'm going to go with that. Yes. Well, there you go. I wonder what you would pick. Well, listening. we know what they picked on Twitter. It was they went with number 73. The thing is, I'm going they with... Oh, yeah, they did, yeah. Tiz was, was the second was second. Vote. So if we go... Well, on overall votes, yeah. it's, it's Tiz was just, I would, isn't it? If, I'm, if we're going to bottle this, I would say Tiz was and Swap Shop should be equal ranking because they were separate sides of the same coin. Yeah. You know? And they both did a lot for Swap changing Shop did, TV. But Swap Shop was inspired by Tiz was, wasn't no, it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't because they both came out at the exact same time, uh, basically. Okay. The difference is, is that Tiswold had a slow rollout across the regions. I see. And Swap Shop hit everywhere it wants. Because it was the BBC and yeah. they had a different model. And I, a I genuinely yeah. don't believe anyone working for Swap Shop knew anything that was going on with Tiswold Probably at all. Not, no. So they were just sealed in their own little worlds, but they both managed to bubble up at the same time and, and, and change TV because, again, it's not just those shows. It's like what they did for Saturday Morning TV. It's the celebrities they released. It's the names they made big. Yeah. And, but do you know if there was anything existing on American television I don't at, at know. that time or before? I don't did know. a similar thing. I don't honestly know. If you're an American listener or international listener, because some people said when they couldn't get Tiswas, all they had that Saturday morning was like, an educational school's film that went out. You know those old British... Those children's BBC, children's film fund. The, the, That's like Danny S- the Dragon. Yeah. All and that... that one with the knight in like yeah. the haunted castle. It's God. All, all that stuff was out in those Those slots. were terrible, those And films. mate, look, Paul, do you want to watch Saturday Superstore or do you want to watch fucking uh, Danny the Dragon? Well, Sarah Green's on Saturday yeah, Superstore, I mean... so I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to go underneath my man cave in my captain's bunk and make all my pillows sticky. Are we doing the sex episode again? We're going to do that soon, by the way. Are we? So if anyone wants to get their fan fiction ready, we're going to be calling on it. I was going to do it for Valentine's Day, but I haven't got the time to plan it in this. Can we do something time. nice for Valentine's Day? Well, yeah, I, you can come in my mouth if you want. 
Oh, so that's it. That's it. The oh, episode's that over then. That's all we've got time for. Funnily enough, between these two episodes, we've made a three-hour show, which is about the same length as a Saturday morning hey, kids' TV show. Come on, everybody. So, so thank you for getting Thanks involved. Thanks, everybody. In We're back next week for more mucky cheap show business. Noodles. Where Eli's get some noodles and some sauces Fucking out. Fucking noodles, mate. Because he's been sitting on them for a while. It's been it's too about, long. It's about time we let him release the noodle. Release the fucking fetid noodle. What are you noodle? doing then with your hands? There's a stroke in it. It's like, it's what? like you were cupping your balls itching. and stroking. I was not cupping. There was, a, there was a cupping. Your hand was in a cupped position. Well, I'm position. sorry. Fucking. Anyway, thank you for listening to Cheap Show. You can support us on Patreon if you'd like. Patreon.com forward slash Cheap Show. Give what you can, but only if you can. Thanks for that, everybody. Uh, what else? Yeah. Uh, email thecheapshow at gmail.com. Uh, I'm at Paul Gannon Show on Twitter, at the Cheap Show Pod, and Eli is. Eli Snoid, spelled E L I S N O I D. Come on, everybody! And everything else is on our website. There's going to be a page specifically oh, designed. Try this soda. No, there's going to be a page specifically uh, built for this episode where you can see videos and pictures and all sorts. So, great. Can we the do Cheap it next Show? Week? .co.uk. Yes, we can do your fucking stupid drink next week. It's days. Just a little little foreshadowing here. This is Mountain Pop. Oh, never heard of that, have you? No. As a flavour, days, Mountain Pop. Well, that's something to look forward to next week when Eli brings the food. And some fucking soda. But that's all we've got time for this week. So we're going to play out with Redbox and the track for America. Oh, for See America. you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thanks for coming. Bye. Put that down. Put that down. No, pick that up again. Put that down. Come round here.